let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thanks so much for being with us here on episode number 89 it is monday july 9th 2018 and here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling is me joe Morata, and that guy over there michael quinn how you doing there michael uh howdy diddy welcome to episode 89 quinn wow 89 you know what that means what does that mean hey <laughs> yes, I was hoping you would do that, actually. I was hoping. I'll never forget. The tradition would continue. And folks, thanks for continuing along with us here as we romp you through yet another week in the world of retro wrestling. Thanks so much for being with us. We have some great topics in store for you, I am sure. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Insert noise. Thank you. And the <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. And the place to find Quinn and myself and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics, Quinn, is our Facebook group. You can get there by going to uh, facebook.web.japan or whatever it was <laughs> the other week. And then you go on the site, right? Yeah. And then there's a search bar. And then in there, you mm-hmm. type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. And then you just hit join on the group and you're in. You're in. That's it. That's it. Very simple. That's it. No we, screening we process. It that, well, we have to screen it because of Facebook rules. A but, slight screen. But we're not really looking at anything. <laughs> no, like, we're just like, oh, approved. You it's know? not like we like check your friend count or something. <laughs> no, and like, no, oh, no. not enough friends. Like, <laughs> No, we want to be your friends. So come on over to the Facebook group. That's our Vantage Point Retro Slam Podcast discussion group. We have been marketing ourselves, Quinn, as the Ellis Island of Facebook groups. What do you think of that? I think it's good. What would Who would be the Statue of Liberty of like wrestling like who like who would be the statue of who would be like the statue holding up the the torch i think it'd have to be hulk hogan don't you come on the torch bearer himself hulk hogan oh man folks come debate that with us over at facebook it's a it's a really good time and of course you can find us on all your normal podcast avenues if you happen to be listening to us directly on soundcloud most importantly if you want to leave us a five-star review over at apple Podcasts, formerly known as itunes we'd really appreciate that yeah, it's really good over there. Just leave that five-star review. We only accept the five-star reviews, even though <laughs> we have, no, we, say we have no say at all. But we're just going to say that. That's, yes. that's policy over here. That's policy. A few other things. You can go to ovppodcast.com for all the other stuff that we offer. The suggestion box, the uh, compilation of all the Rushmore and Death Valley results is on there. Thanks yep. to Joe Merkel putting yep. that together for us. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much. And if you also want, you can uh, donate at patreon.com. More information will be forthcoming. But we do have some great extras as a little give back to you guys. And Quinn, we also have a few friends of the show that we like to mention. Oh, do we? We have, we have friends. We have I think I've friends. heard of them. Oh, maybe. Have we'll you heard list them off? Okay. Have you heard of the wrestling podcast about nothing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a show. It's a great show. It comes out every Monday. So listen to it right after us. It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One of them is a wrestler. His name is the Kingpin, Brian Malone. He's currently working for ROH. And Quinn has a very I know special. Him. I know him. That's yeah. the Wine City Whaler, yes. right? Oh, okay. I know these guys. Quinn's now. custom nickname for yeah. him. What, what <laughs> custom? That is his nickname. He's joined each week by an uh, independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. Mean Mike Crockett. Great show. Check that out. They bring their unique 
perspective from working in the business and being fans. It's a great blend of a current retro and just insight. It's really fun. Another show that's really fun every Thursday. Check out GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. Now, Quinn. That's a one-man show. Yeah, it's also a show where you get to go in the brain of somebody. Yes, Petey Winston, our little brother. He's got a great setup because he'll review, quote-unquote, a wrestling show. Right. But really interspersed with that are stories, maybe about his recent life. You know, there was one a few weeks back on the Glow episode about uh, his trip to Atlanta. You'll get memories of when he was in college, maybe context, something about his cat. Yeah. Great, it's great like, show. It's like the memoirs of Petey yes. Winston and wrestling. <laughs> yes, exactly. So check that out. That's greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. And also check out while you're at it, Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. It's a uh, it's a romp through the retro wrestling south of the Mason-Dixon line. We like to call them the southern version, Quinn, of OVP. Which part of the Mason-Dixon line is the southern part? The Mason or the Dixon? I think it's Dixon, but I'm not sure. I just made that up, but I'm amazed that that's real. No, I don't know. I'm just I'm <laughs> playing along with you, Quinn. Wow, thank you. <laughs> we should be on Whose Line Is It Anyway? But anyway, check out Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. Great show. So those are our friends of the show. And if you've been following along this season, you know, this season ends next week on the 16th. Does that, it? Yes. With that, <laughs> you know that, Quinn. What do you with, mean? <laughs> with episode number 90. And this entire season, Quinn and I have taken on a new side job. We have taken on a career as wrestling investigators where we tackle the hard hitting issues and i mean it and this one came across our desk this week when we were sitting in our offices with the blinds drawn mm-hmm. 7 p.m at night making weasel uh, jokes it was <laughs> this is a little something we call on the case you're on the case on the case you're on the case you're the detective now kid nothing's stopping you there's justice to be served. So serve it. The year was 1994. The month was June. It was Father's Day. WWF's second inaugural King of the Ring tournament was underway. And fans were greeted by commentators Gorilla Monsoon, Randy Macho Man Savage, and inexplicably, for the last 24 years, former football player Art Donovan. Throughout the course of this pay-per-view event, Art Donovan interjected himself with many insipid comments such as, How much does this fellow weigh? How much does this guy weigh? Is he dead? Hey, Randy. For years and years, and we mean years afterwards, people have wondered, why? Quinn and I decided to get on the case. Are we really doing this right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that that's, uh, came across our desk when we got to do it. Okay. I'm having trouble <laughs> containing my laughter, folks, so um, sorry okay. in advance. Now, if you're a fan of the retro wrestling, you've probably heard of this before. Maybe you've <laughs> checked it out on WrestleCrap. We've talked about it briefly, but it's been a long time. King of the Ring 94 is a weird pay-per-view anyway, because it's during a weird period. It's during the steroid trial. The WWF has one of the most comprehensive drug testing, education, and rehabilitation programs in all of sports. I think this alone is weird enough. This makes it even weirder. (laughs) So first of all, Vince McMahon, who was the pay-per-view commentary commentator that year, he's not there. Instead, it's Gorilla. 94 Gorilla does not give a shit. I've got hair oil on my ears and my glasses are slipping down, but I can still see through you, baby. Randy Savage, instead of wrestling, of course, let's have him announce because that's the M.O. from 92 onward. Because why do anything that we want to see? <laughs> right. Like, why? Now, those it, two... Oh, it's so <laughs> aggravating. I know. You, you had to, like, do that I to know. me initially. Now, those two things are perturbing enough, right? Yeah. 94 Gorilla and Savage on commentary. 
for for some reason, they're joined with a guy that has nothing to do, A, with wrestling, and B, yes, the pay-per-view is in Baltimore, but that means that anyone watching is generally not from Baltimore, yeah. so they don't care about this former Baltimore cult. Yes, Baltimore cult. That's yes. when this guy played. Not not the Indianapolis No, this version. guy played in like the 50s. Art Donovan. Are now, you sure not the 20s? It might have been. It might have had the soft helmet. He might have rode the first steam engine. But, <laughs> might have been at the last supper. <laughs> he was a busboy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an autographed copy of the Bible. Yeah. So, anyway, so Art Donovan is here. Baltimore's own football legend, NFL Hall of Famer, Art Odono. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. And Art Donovan had made a small, and I mean small, name for himself in the late 80s, making appearances on Letterman, being funny in the context of being an old football player. Right. Which is all well and good. Now, when you went to the pros, what was your playing weight? 275. And what do you weigh now? About 310. 310? Well, it's all according to how much beer I drink at night. (laughs) (laughs) However, I don't know what this literally the question is why take a guy that has never clearly never watched wrestling a and two put him on live pay-per-view now i would imagine quinn the announcers right you and i know a little bit about this the announcers doing commentary mm-hmm. it's not like a sport where they're just narrating what's happening right they know the storylines mm-hmm. they know what to put over they know wrestling so they're like there to help the viewing experience advance yeah. storylines okay provide exposition art donovan spends 27% of the show asking how much people weigh. Oh, how much does that guy weigh? First of all, it was a mistake to just even allow this to happen. (laughs) How is there not... Maybe Vince thought it was a good idea, right? But how does a guy like, you know, Kevin Dunn, you know, him, (laughs) or like Bruce or whoever, right? how did one of them just say, like, we can't, like, we just... (laughs) Vince, like, just take the heat, like, Vince, we know yeah. you said, but, like, this, it was a disaster. We got, we, we you know, we started doing, like, some warm-ups, and he was just, yeah. it was just not gonna work. This wasn't gonna work, because clearly, there was no audition process here. No! <laughs> Who's not that? at all! This guy would definitely not make it through audition. Now, was it fun to listen to for humor? Yes. Well, you say that. But is it... But after you get past maybe one or two matches, it's just aggravating. And everyone else gets aggravated, too. Who's the fellow with the American flag? Our Donovan, that's Lex Luger. Oh, okay. Especially Gorilla Monsoon. Now, if you know anything about Gorilla, he's a damn good commentator and he knows what to put over. He also is very tolerant. He's very tolerant and he's a loyal company man. Right. And so, first of all, for him to even have to be out there, I'm sure he didn't want to be, but Vince was doing a steroid trial. I don't think he minded being out there. I think he minded Art Donovan being there. Yeah, because Art, from the beginning start saying things that you don't want said on t- live pay-per-view like gorilla is he dead gorilla is he dead oh definitely not yeah what's the girl over there screaming at what's the girl over there screaming at who's the guy in the white suit gorilla who's the guy in the white suit guy in the white suit that'd be oscar that's oscar the manager of men on a mission oh, oh i thought maybe he was the guy coming to take him to the hospital he, he doesn't me- know anybody, and not only that, I think he truly thinks it's real because Whoa! The, the, listen, the, the weight emphasis thing, right? Yes. 
I wanted to get to that. The reason behind this is because he thinks like it's truly like not a fair fight. <laughs> right. Like, but he doesn't get that that nobody gives a shit about that. Like, he, he keeps bringing it up during the IRS and Mabel match. He's like, "Oh, it's not fair. The other fella only weighs half the amount." Right. Oh, that's not fair. The only guy, the only fella, only weighs half the amount. Whoa! It's not fair, our Donovan. Suplex. Which isn't fair. It's but not. This isn't a real sport, Art. But the problem here, this is what I'm glad you brought that up. Because the fact that he keeps harping on the weight classes, right? And, right. The, and the whole weight disparity. What is he, from Japan? He's almost breaking kayfabe because he has to be like, now that hurt, did that hurt? Yeah. Gorilla, did that hurt him? Can you do that? He starts asking about in Gorilla's day, like, <laughs> yeah. like would he take this match? Like, right. Things how, like that. How do you get out of bed in the morning? Right. And he just treads a very thin line between being like curious and exposing things where Gorilla and Savage have to do their best. I don't think to- he treads any line, though. <laughs> I think he crosses the line way too much. Over the line? You, you, you're, you're so far past the line that you can't even see the line. The line is a dot to you. <laughs> Less than halfway through the show, Quinn, Gorilla Monsoon starts being very short with him. At one point, he pretends that he can't hear him. Gorilla, is the partner getting any, uh, any air at all? Okay. Right. They start kind of ignoring him. But he's hoping that the rocket will beat the hitman. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, I don't know. Let me wait, ask wait you a, a question. Minute, Did you two guys act like that in the ring when you were wrestling? Do you think do you think the anvil is that smart, Randy? I don't. Yeah, I but don't. the rocket might be. Well, by the end, it's just ignored, and then Randy has to deal with it, and then we get the infamous Hey Randy! Randy! Hey, hey, Randy. Randy. <laughs> Just Randy. He says that over and over again. Yeah. Randy. Hey, Randy. Let me ask you a question, Quinn. This is in Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. So, Art Donovan was a Baltimore celebrity, quote unquote, right? Like, of minimal notoriety by the 90s. <laughs> Did anyone know who he no. was in 1994? Because so, I didn't. So, if he was like the guest ring announcer at a Baltimore house show, fine. Yeah. He's on live pay-per-view to the entire world. Who green lit this because vince was probably caught up was jerry jarrett helping out was it pat and why what i want to know quinn is what do you think their rationale was what could they have possibly thought they could gain like what's the end game of having this guy that knows nothing about wrestling on live pay-per-view in an important pay-per-view with storyline and heel turns and owen wins and all this what the hell were they doing my personal feeling is that even though vince mcmahon wasn't there yeah this is such a Vince move, 100%. Okay, and I'll so. tell you why. There's a couple of factors. First of all, there's the, he's a celebrity. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, right? He's mainstream, right. maybe. And the other thing is that the whole, like, he was a football player in, like, the 50s or <laughs> something, 40s or something. Do you realize, like, Vince probably saw him growing up and, like, maybe he was, like, his favorite football player or something? I don't even... <laughs> like, like, wasn't Vince, like, from that area? From North Carolina. Yeah. But, I mean, Art Donovan, I think, retired in the 50s, or maybe it was the 60s. Yeah, which means if he retired then, he would have been at the apex of his fame. <laughs> fame you so you're telling me vince is sitting in his office with all the snacks he probably knew exactly who art donovan was the macadamia nuts yeah and he calls in bruce right, right? And, and samu's in the back somewhere oh samu's there okay well, he's always there yeah he's always there and he calls in bruce and calls in pat patterson and all that throw him under the fucking ring yeah and he's like hey pal i've got a great idea for you and we're baltimore right so 
Let's put uh, Art Donovan there. He's funny. I saw him on uh, on uh, Johnny Carson uh, yeah, last four week. Four years ago or whatever. <laughs> Would you welcome Art Donovan? And uh, Pat's like, oh, I don't know about that, Vince. And Bruce is like, yeah, of course, because everything you do is good. Right. Well, Bruce, <laughs> he's got the toilet paper wiping Vince's ass while he's saying it. What did Samu think? He doesn't think. Samu <laughs> is, is, is just present. Joe. He's just he's, he's just the there. fly on the wall. Okay, that's fine. Obviously, as it turned out, this was a disaster, right? Right. What I really want to know, though, is what they thought they would get out of it. I literally can't think of how that would attract... A, more people to buy the pay-per-view because mm-hmm. no one's buying it because some old-ass... Fo- the average age of like a wrestling fan back then is probably like in their teens, maybe. Here's the thing about this is, you know, even before the internet, right? I was into wrestling before, like, you know, the internet was just emerging. It was America say. Online on like yeah, CompuServe. But there wasn't like sites like WrestleCrap that you could like go to and find stuff <laughs> no, like you this, couldn't. right? Right. I had never heard of this until you showed me, right? <laughs> King of the Ring 94, yeah. Yeah. Well, until you had mentioned it even. Like you had said, oh, there's this horrible announcer <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, this didn't like leave any mark because nobody gave a shit. Like they, nobody remembered at all. You know what I mean? In a positive way, you In mean. A, well, I'm saying that it didn't become relevant until the internet and like memes and jokes that's true. I mean, like, it, it literally made zero dent what did at you, all into the, the public consciousness. What did you think when you first saw it as a youngster? When I first saw it, I yeah. thought it was hilarious. So and I, I just I thought it was just very weird. Yes. And then and then you just start to get annoyed after a while. <laughs> and like I went back and watched it. And like the thing is now it's been like done to death to the point where that pay-per-view is actually like not enjoyable. It does hurt the pay-per-view. Right, because after a while, it's like it's fun to laugh at like the first how much he weighs, but literally like after that, it's the it's not funny anymore because we've known about it like, <laughs> right forever. It's like oh yeah okay sure, and it's sad because King of the Ring ninety four all in all is not that bad. It's okay, I'm not gonna say it's great. I mean, I went to watch that like thirty second Owen Hart one two three kid match recently. <laughs> yeah, it's like three or four minutes, but I forgot how annoying art was and during that like, even it was hard to even endure the four minutes to watch it because Whoa! does he do that a lot he's, like he's just un- what kind of move is that yeah he's insufferable during it <laughs> like and it's like right before that point when like gorilla and all them start like getting really upset oh gorilla starts having enough by then yeah, yeah, just yeah. enough already yeah i don't know i think it was just weird I, th- I think i know why they did it and it tends to be what you said it was a guy that had like a modicum Mm-hmm. of celebrity yeah and they're they don't have any celebrities signing up to be there they, they, i mean they, i guess they had burt reynolds and all that shit like a couple of months he was prior like barely a celebrity in 94 though. wasn't he on like some cbs show <laughs> evening shade that evening. no one watched oh i watched evening Come shade on! i remember Who that. watched evening shade well pd winston i bet I, I used to evening shade was definitely what the hell? Part... <laughs> is that like the boring sitcom it was like, on like tuesdays like does he own a hardware store you know, or something like during that era of God. tv like monday tuesday and wednesday they yeah. were like the just the warm-up days? The warm-up. Well, I mean, Wonder Years was on, uh, stuff like that. There was yeah. good stuff. But what I'm getting at is that sometimes I would like, oh, what is on CBS? What's on NBC? I would like flip around. And I caught a couple episodes of Evening Shade, so I knew who Burt Reynolds was and Rhonda Shear. Well, I didn't know who Rhonda Shear was. From but, Up All Night. Yeah, I knew but that from the, the USA Network watched, commercials. Like, seriously, who watched that? I don't know. No one. Right. No one watched that. Bottom line is, on this is I think, I think you're right, Quinn. I think the reason they did it is because they needed... 
or they thought they needed. Let me let me preface that. They thought that they could capitalize by the fact that this is in Baltimore. Oh, this guy has been on Letterman a few times and he's jovial. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put him on live pay-per-view and people will like it. And obviously that didn't work. And the ironic part of this whole thing is that this old ass guy who's probably like Stu Hart's age or oh, something, God. maybe a little younger at that point. <laughs> right as they were launching the new generation campaign oh, and even more funny yeah, that's true is the main event of that show quinn is lawler versus piper i know you get so mad about that <laughs> i have to, I, I i have to say i i don't know if maybe vince thought that like his absence would be so jarring that they needed to you know we need a celebrity. Yeah, maybe. It's like, to me, it, it should be a break that we get Gorilla and Savage. Like, Just that, by themselves. That would have been like, oh, this is great. Like, <laughs> that would have been fine. They're fine together. Yeah. They did a few Raw together. They're, they're fine. Yeah. But you throw Art Donovan into the mix and it becomes a whole thing. So, I mean, folks, let us know what you think. Why the hell would they actually do this? And again, the Baltimore thing still doesn't make sense to me because the pay-per-view took place in Baltimore, but it didn't only air in Baltimore. It aired all over the <laughs> It aired all over the place. But speaking of all over the place, when we come back, we've got Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, and it is a doozy. Until then, reach us on Twitter at OBP Podcast. Let, let us know what you think about Art Donovan. We will be back right after this. In the small town of Evening Shade, Arkansas, high school coach Wood Newton has his hands full. I have not won a game in two and a half years. His luck could be changing. Meet his new assistant. I guess you know a little bit about football, huh? No. <laughs> but today's his birthday, and his wife, Ava, has a special surprise. I'm pregnant. Coach seems a little down. He's got those over the hill, my wife's off the pill, and my vasectomy didn't take blues. Burke Reynolds heads an all-star cast in Evening Shade, Mondays on CBS. It sucks! From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on episode number 89. 89! Here on Monday, July 9th, 2018. Quinn, before we get to Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, we wanted to remind our fans about our Patreon. Just a real quick refresher there. At patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you get some great rewards. It changed as of July. For the $1 tier, you still get each and every week the raw video recording of every single episode. Yeah, uh, you get to see what we're doing while we're doing this podcast. Yep. It's really fun, and if you watch this one, you'll get to see what really happened <laughs> yes. behind the scenes here. <laughs> and you can also see that Quinn is not wearing black for once. Yep, blue. Very rare. Sorry, I, re- I spoiler alert. He's also drinking Pepsi. What? That's for $1 each and every week. For $2 on alternating Fridays, you're going to get the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. That's where we dive deep into the suggestion lists and the lists and deep into our consciousness to pick the zany and kind of obscure Mount Rushmore and Death Valley topics. That's alternating Fridays for the $2 tier. And on the other Fridays for the $3 tier, you'll get weekly content. You will get the 1982 video live reviews. That's twice a month now. That's where Quinn and I are trekking through 1982. Vince McMahon recently purchased it in June, so we're there. We finally we're made finally it past there. that. We're Thank count- God. counting down until 1983. God, I can't wait till we get to 1983. <laughs> Thank you that we're going to this yes. new format because 
I got to get out of this yeah. here, Joe. <laughs> 82 has been a little rough, and you can join the fun. Uh, the Strongbows, anytime they come on, you can be sure I'm going to leave my chair and do something stupid. Yep. So that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you wish to donate. And no, it is not to fund this current show. This show is paid for by Quinn and myself. We are not asking you to pay for the show. We're just asking you if you want to donate, we're going to give you something back. Very simple. Yeah, it'll be a great time. It will be a great time. But Quinn, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. This will be a great time, too. This is where each week we have put, and we will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And this week it was a um, you know decision by committee by Quinn and myself as we were racking our brains here to pick one for episode 89. And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Referees. Referees. This is one that we haven't done in all of our tenure. I know Joe is going to really give me a hard time on this one. (laughs) This will be fun, though. Now, in real life, the referee is not really there to maintain order. In real life, the referee is not really there to, you know, enforce the rules. The referee is there to kind of act as a liaison for the wrestlers to help them out with spots. Yeah. To, you know, kind of act as like a helper to the match itself. And just count. And count. Because somebody's got to do that. <laughs> and a good referee you know, and in real life, we'll obviously do all those things. But on the kayfabe side of it, what's funny about the referee aspect is that if the ref is bad in real life, it can bleed into the <laughs> oh, kayfabe part yes, of it. it can. Don't where, worry. There's plenty of those. Where they can mess up matches. I know Gorilla Monsoon is probably the most notorious for getting on referees' cases. Oh, and don't worry. There's one <laughs> that uh, I hate. Yes. Referee having all kinds of problems. Now he's having one with his tie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The guy's flat on his back and the referee's adjusting his tie. <laughs> From a kayfabe point of view, and maybe Mike Crockett would have something to say about this being a, a referee himself, you can definitely come across as very good to the fan. Like, Is Mike Crockett eligible for this? <laughs> I've never really seen his work, so yeah. I'm not sure. But Quinn, uh, why don't you just take the stick? Why don't you put the first one out there for Mount Rushmore? Let's see who you're thinking. Well, uh, I'm thinking uh, Earl Habner. I'm not. <laughs> I want to get this out of the way early. Let's, no let's, pun intended. Let's talk about this. Let's get very early here. All right. What do How you, could you not yeah. have Earl Hebner as like the number one ref? He's like literally like the most historic, like no. everyone, like in the most notable spots. No. He's in the in the double ref situation. Yes. Is when he debuts. He was which the is, evil is one. A very notable yep. thing. I agree. I and concede that. His whole career, just big match after big match after big match. I know he was involved in the screw job. I don't even fault him. That's fine. I, he was involved in that. He was doing his job. I mean, he, I don't agree much with any it. Any main event past what ninety two or something. Starting in ninety. Here's the thing, Quinn. Yes, Earl Hebner was there a really long time. Yeah. Yes, Earl Hebner was probably very good at doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But from a kayfabe point of view, and especially as time went on. He really became all about choreographing his two counts, putting himself over the ultra <laughs> unnecessary. I... Hang on, the ultra unnecessary dramatic three. No, no, not like that. If he's good at refereeing, why would he do those things? I take umbrage with all of that. I take umbrage. <laughs> I take severe umbrage. Take your umbrage. My umbrage is that his being dramatic. It adds to the match. I don't. I don't see it as him getting himself over. He gets himself over. He fights with the, the only, wrestlers. The only time he got himself over was like 
when like they did that thing where Triple H like beat him up or something, it's you, like F F. You have, like that's like the only time where he was like a character, and of course the Million Dollar Man thing. But that was more just like he was the evil one, Quinn. Well, <laughs> he took ha- the money. That was one of those weird things too. Where How they much just, money for the plastic they surgery? Just randomly, were like, no, Earl's the good one. Like, well, because Dave and, got and injured, and Dave like disappeared. Dave got injured. Yeah, there's obviously more room to discuss Earl, and I'm not going to be like some big jerk and take him off the table or anything. I don't know how you can't. can't I don't have put to, him on. I don't but. like him. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's good. But well, again, let's see who we have to pick from. Keep here. going. I'm going to give you on the other side of the Mason Dixon line. Actually, one of the greatest referees for NWA slash WCW, the great Tommy Young. Yeah, fantastic. If a guy got somebody in the corner, I would actually step out of the ring and lean, hold, hold out of the ring post and count, so he could see me count. Very notable ref was part of a lot of the uh, Ric Flair days. Part of the part of the Ric Flair days, very synonymous with head referee, you know, NWA. Very synonymous with that big patch he yes. got on this that always looked like a blood spot yeah. to me. <laughs> and he was great because he he did all the little things that some other guys would carry on, the nuance as, as far as the facial expressions, really looking like he was paying attention to what was going on, really reacting. Now, I okay. <laughs> this is funny because you you're you're crapping on Earl Hefner, right? Yeah. For those things. Because he didn't do any of the things I just no, said. No, but Tommy Young would get himself over all the time. No, he's he like, I'm ref of the year he and was all a this good bullshit. Because he was good at it. I've never heard Earl Hefner bragging about being like the best ref in WWF or anything. I've never seen Earl look at the shoulders of someone being pinned. I don't get what your issue is Because a good referee would be paying attention. He looks. Come on. He doesn't look that much. His head's always turned to the side. And nobody cares about that. He's such bullshit. He is, he's <laughs> the most on. overrated There's so many referee. referees. Can, Are you kidding me? Can we keep Tommy Young on the table? Oh, definitely on the table. Uh, let's, get, let's get more on the table, and then we can start narrowing down. Because I know you want to put Earl on now, and you want to go give him a big kiss, but it's not going <laughs> to happen, okay? What about Charles Robinson? Little H, yeah, I, I like, like him. him a lot. I like him a lot too. He's. I think uh, WCW actually had a lot of good referees. That's one of the things that comes out of all of this is yeah. that WCW, I think, had great ref. They were great. They refs. had a lot of character. They did. Now Charles Robinson was refereeing uh, as a standard ref for a couple years in WCW. Then right. he did a very comedic, stupid, funny heel turn as Little Nate in '99 ish. Yeah, he got himself over as Th- Little Nate. That was funny, and don't try to shoehorn the because that he wasn't refereeing during that. He I'm was just, wrestling, I'm being funny. But uh, and he was also like a crooked ref. Another one of those. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to Charlotte, North Carolina. My name's Charles Robinson. Welcome to my crib. Remember that one time he sprinted down to the ring at one of those WrestleManias? Yeah, and then everyone put the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> yeah. music over it. <laughs> it was really it, funny. It is pretty funny. I mean, he transferred over to WWE. So he, he got, did. He was one of the guys that got hired. Did they take, like, every ref? I can't think Most of... Most of them, yeah, I uh, think like, so. Other than, like, Randy Anderson or something? Like, it, yeah. Was, I can't think of many people who didn't move. And I have a feeling they all were offered and just some of them just retired. I think Anderson must have retired, right? Yeah, I don't they, know why they wouldn't take him. They took Mickey J. They took Nick Patrick. Right. They took Little Nate. They didn't take uh, what's his head back though. The one that's everywhere all the time, Billy Silverman. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. didn't take Silverman. I don't know. They why. probably didn't need him. So I'll put Little Nate on there. I'm going to volley one to you. My personal favorite referee, probably mm-hmm. not the best ever, and you probably don't like him. Just to make this even more annoying, but Joey Morella, I thought was fantastic. He's good. He was um, one of the big he, match he, refs. He did ref the in, the notable Andre versus Hogan. Yeah. You know, that's a historic moment. I liked him. He was just solid. He didn't, you know, uh, he didn't have a lot of flamboyancy to him. 
Yeah. He wasn't very, he didn't stand out that much, but he was just a solid ref. I always appreciated his referee abilities, Quinn. He was fair. You know, yeah. he didn't screw up matches. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't botch things. And that does matter because as we, we get into Death Valley, we'll see some of that where there's some pretty like shady refs. But what is your thoughts mm-hmm. on uh, former referee Mike Yoda, now head referee Mike Yoda? Oh, yeah. He used to be referee Mike Yoda. That was, <laughs> well, see, this is a weird Quinnism, but there, there yeah. seems to be a pecking order with refs, not just head ref. Right. But there also seems to be like sometimes they'll just say their name. And sometimes it'll be like referee so and so, and to me that's like getting your esquire right. or something like that's like, <laughs> and then you're senior like you're, official, yeah, <laughs> and then you're the senior ref. I think Yoda's okay. I don't think he's that good. Really? Yeah, he's okay. What's your problem with him? I think <sighs> I, I think he stepped in for a situation where Earl was fired he for the did, merchandise. I think, yeah, I know, but I considering that was, <laughs> considering that that was sort of a surprise. Like yes. I never saw that coming. I was like, I thought Earl Hebner was going to ref to the day he yeah. died, and then so did Dave got fired too. That's weird. Uh-huh. I still think that's a weird thing because, like, what could they have possibly? Like, how bad could that possibly have been? Like, probably like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it really seems stupid. But I thought Kyoto had a fast three count. I was never a fan of his three count. It was really? a little fast. Nice takeover by the British Bulldog, and the British Bulldog almost a count of three. What it was is Shawn Michaels just wasn't expecting this hatchet-headed referee to count the three that quick. Wait a minute. He was okay though. I didn't think I, he was bad. I think a good referee, you don't notice too much. You notice like a Morella. You like he can be actually a good referee is really interchangeable where he can be not yeah. noticed and he can be very noticed. You're trying to save up for Earl later. I know you are. But. No, because <laughs> I think Kyoto meets that criteria because there's times when Kyoto will stand up to a wrestler. Yes, but not overtly and not all the time. Right. Exactly. When it's when it's necessary. Good point. Yeah. Can I give you another one here? Because I a few more to get on the table. Sure. We start making some decisions. I think overall that Nick Patrick is very good. Oh yeah. I mean. Um, Especially barring that Starcade 97 (laughs) fuck up. Overall, though, like late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, Nick Patrick, excellent. Now, he's the best, like, crooked ref I've ever seen. Oh, definitely. And that that might give him points. You know, that might, like, nudge him. might give him points. He had another one. He was, I think I've said this recently somewhere, he was kind of of the Tommy Young uh, mentality of, like, really analyzing the action that was going on. They always did weird gimmicks with him, though. Didn't he wear, like, a helmet for a while, too? Well, that was a helmet cam. cam, That wasn't his fault. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes he had a mustache. Right. Sometimes he didn't. Which version did you like better? Um, Mustache. Well, goatee, evil goatee version. Very authoritative. The one that he had, basically, like, when WCW was, like, on the top of the world. Yes. Like, that's the Nick Patrick I think of. And he was a great crooked ref. He was much better than some of the others. Well, my favorite part about his crooked reftum Mm-hmm. Is his like whole like thing where he wore a neck brace while he was repping? <laughs> yeah, it was like, great. That is an image. Like it looks very awkward and yep. strange. Yep. And you're like, who is this asshole? <laughs> yeah. Like when he's like doing it, like <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Somebody needs to ask Teddy Long where his towel is because his boy's gonna need that towel in a minute. You know what? Since we're 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 at an impasse on Earl Hebner right now, I'd like to put Nick Patrick on or Tommy Young on as number I one. I think Tommy Young would go yeah. in before Nick Patrick. Okay, fair enough. I think that's fair. For uh, number one for the Mount Rushmore for third man in the ring, there the zebras as they call them. Let's welcome NWA veteran Tommy Young. <laughs> I mean, he was like 400-time ref of the year or whatever. Seems like a great guy, too. So, Tom Young's number one. Quinn, uh, we've discussed Nick Patrick a little bit. Do you think there's anyone that would knock him out of it? Um, Maybe well, there is. Here's here's a crooked ref. Yeah. Bill Alfonso. 
no notorious Crooked Ref. Like one yeah. of the most hated Crooked Refs of all t- If nobody incited the hate, if, it, if the three pillars of Crooked Refs are da- Dangerous Danny Davis, Bill Alfonso, and Nick Patrick. And Nick Patrick but nobody incited the actual true hate of the audience <laughs> like Bill Afonso. That guy needed, like, security. I know they wouldn't ever say it, but I feel like they took him off refing because, holy shit, those crowds wanted to, like, kill that guy. I hate you because when I was a Betty Ford, nobody had Bill Afonso for an autograph. They harnessed that and they took, yeah. turned that into a gimmick where he could be a manager for Taz and yep. wrestle uh, Beulah and I kill would, a yeah, I, I, It's not only just the Beulah thing that's notable, but also the um, a lot of that stuff when he first came in. Mm-hmm. ECW used to show a lot of what their house shows around the country were like. Right. And there's stuff he does that I swear to you, a riot is about to happen. Like, it's very dangerous in there. Well, he was good at what he did. He was good at drawing heat. He was also a pretty good straight-up regular referee in WWF for right. a few years before so he that. Had, he had the, the credentials. Yeah, he was a coming, good ref. Coming into his um, evil reftum, you know? Good point. You know who's? You know who I think might actually make it? I want to bring him up. Uh, Mark Curtis, also known as Brian Hildebrand. Yeah. WCW ref. I like him. Also Smoky Mountain ref. Also notable for being the ref on like one of those WCW games that's like animated. <laughs> yes. He's another one similar to Tommy Young, similar to Nick Patrick, where he sold every nuance perfectly. Mm-hmm. He wasn't overt. You know, he wasn't flamboyant, but he was just solid. And suspenders ref, too, in Smoky Mountain, of yes. course. You know, well, very... He lost the suspenders <laughs> once he made it to the big time. Got to conform to that uniform. As the fan has come in, and we're going to focus on the and smallest referee in the world just took him down. Uh, How yeah. tough is that guy? You're not kidding. Did you see that front face lock by Mark Curtis? That'll teach you to get in the ring. You're not kidding. Obviously, tragically, you know, uh, succumbed to cancer in 1999, but hell of a career as a, a referee and a wrestler. He was a trained wrestler. He mm-hmm. played Cowabunga, the uh, Ninja Turtle, in, uh, in Smoky Mountain Wait, for a little what? bit. He yeah. did? That was him? Yeah, Cowabunga. Not the Toxic Turtles. No, That's... but I didn't know he was. I remember that, too, that. Yeah, he was Calabunga. Interesting. Two different people were. I, think I did he not was the know first that. One. Overall, I think Mark Curtis is great. I think that Nick Patrick is great. I could put either of them on. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, is anyone knocking Patrick off? I don't think anyone's knocking Patrick off. No. I don't either. I think he's the epitome of a WCW referee. Hmm. A. He yeah. also did the Crooked Ref gimmick better than anybody, so that's two. Yeah. And then also, he was in the WWF for a while and did great there. You know, he had the, the shorter hair and no mustache. Yeah. He was a SmackDown <laughs> ref, I think, right, with the blue shirt. Yep. I also, I was never a fan of the short, no mustache. Oh, me version. neither. No, no, no. But he it was looked like, like... It was like, okay, dude, it's time to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, on account of, again, that one black mark is that not fast three count <laughs> that yeah. we discussed recently, but... Beyond that, can we say that Nick Patrick would make it, Quinn? Nick Our- Patrick, definitely. Okay, for number two, Nick Patrick. It's uh, it's getting nitty, and it's getting a little gritty but, okay. also. Well, here's some guys. Yeah, um, what about Billy Silverman? He's like a middle, mid-card ref you to me. You don't like him? He's middling, yeah. Okay, I, I just want to bring okay. him up. Yeah, Billy Silverman to me, Quinn, is like... Uh, interchange like it didn't matter that he was there or not yeah like nick patrick had a big feel to it tommy young even earl i don't dispute that about that i'd like to give you dave hebner i thought dave hebner was just as good as Earl. dave hebner was good too but i i truly feel like earl like i think a lot of people listening to this not just 
us talking, but like a lot of people remember Earl. Ha- like he's the WWF rap. WWF. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he- <laughs> like he's that guy. He's the WWF. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, though? I know. He's like, the it's W. It's really hard to say that. It's also, the TNA rap. Like, no matter what you think of him, he made a mark. Like an indelible mark, and, and you're being in, a real mark right he's now. He's in people's memories. Like when I think of WWF refs, he's like the first person that comes to my brain. Without, yeah, I like, don't, without question. I, like he's the Hulk Hogan of referees. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? He's the WWF equivalent to a Tommy Young or a Nick Patrick. Yeah, and I, I he stinks. You know, if you're if you're equating him to Hogan, right? Yeah. In a weird way, it's like you giant know how ego. You, you know how you don't love Hogan? Not but great work rate. You respect him. Like His you're accomplishments. like you're like he is the best wrestler ever. He has to be. Like I feel like it's ridiculous to make a Rushmore and not put Earl Hebner. Like Earl Hebner, are you kidding me? He stinks. As much as you don't like him, like just look at this more as a, like a respect thing. Like it, it has to. You cannot put any of these w, Like you cannot put any WWF guys in there if you don't put Earl Hebner. I mean that's ridiculous. You're saying he's the best WWF ref? I think without question. I think Joey Morello's just as good and would have went be, on to he stay good. He might also be in there, but I think Earl Hebner is, he lasted longer than most of these guys, even Joey he Morello. Did. Like, well, that's not Joey Morello's fault. I'm not, well, I'm not saying Jeez, that. Jeez, Quinn, yeah. have a heart, would you? I'm not saying that. That's not what I meant by I know, that. I what know. I meant is that he just lasted he had a, long a lasting time. presence in the World Wrestling Federation. To me, he's like the, if Nick Patrick is considered that like lasting and Tommy Young, those which are like, they are, I'll concede like, that. Yes. They don't overlap each other much, but not like, too much. If they are that, yeah. Earl Hebner is without question what they are to WCW. I don't dispute that, and he built a legacy as the top WWF referee from '88 until 2005. And he pissed away that legacy by selling fucking bootleg Batista shirts or whatever he did. So that, <laughs> that know, that's a deduction right I there. I still think that was only worthy of a suspension. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like, I know. Like, I agree. Well, I really, like, I, agree. I know he did something wrong, but I mean, really? Just it's, suspend him. It's fucking Earl Hebner. <laughs> like, he's been with the company for 800 years by that point. Now, we're not worried about his TNA run, right? Because that doesn't count. It's he's just not like, even bad there. He needed he, a he's job. Earl Hebner. Isn't he, he like more more like over the top there though probably well everything's over the top in tna so he just has to go with the flow there's only like 700 I feel people like he's watching there anyway. because like i don't know he needs the money yeah like, he's a job yeah exactly <sighs> yeah uh, i i don't know how you can like we're gonna be looking at a lot of refs here i just i cannot <laughs> like comprehend how you could not put earl hebner on let it be known that i think earl hebner is terrible from a kayfabe point of view sure but he must have been good for what the real function of a referee is. Right. For them to put him and trust him in that spot for so long. They trusted him with the screw job. Which well, is kind of, I'm just saying that's a that's a huge thing that What ma- to go raise the bell and then run out to a car? No, but to they put him in danger is my point. Because who the hell knows what Brett might have done if he got his hands on him. You know, I talked to Earl. Yeah. We were taking a leak in the didn't urinal. They t- didn't they, like, send Earl out of the building because they were actually, like, legit? Yeah. Like, Shawn Michaels could defend himself, but, like, Earl Hepner. I, I don't I, even know if Shawn Michaels can, though. I mean, he got beat up by the Marines and stuff. 
Come on. Let, <laughs> you know, we were, take, to we were Earl taking Hebner. a leak and my stream was a little bigger than his. And, Whatever. And he told me Sean that... Sean got beat up by multiple Marines, so don't... That's don't, not been confirmed. And shut up. Earl told me that he swore on his kids, you know, that he wouldn't screw me, but he screwed me, but it's really Shawn Michaels' fault. And I always thought I had better matches anyway than Sean. All right, fine, Quinn. You're going to win this one, but only because I want to be fair and balanced here. That, yeah, I, it's not... I don't what, like Earl Hebner. Whatever you think of Earl Hebner... I just, I can't imagine this list not having Earl Hebner on it. You have to say it. I'm not saying it. Okay. For number three, Earl Hebner. Disgraceful. <laughs> it's not. It's a testament to his reffing. Yeah, get out of here. All right. So <laughs> we've got Nick Patrick. Well, we've got Tommy Young, Nick Patrick, and Earl Durrell. Right. The spot for number four, I am probably leaning towards Joey Morella, but then again, he's kind of, to steal your favorite word, Quinn, indescript, Yeah, but he's he's not bad ever. He's not notable, but he's he's somewhat notable. I mean, the commentators also. I think a lot of people would argue for Mike Kyoto here. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I, like, I don't disagree with that necessarily. Is there anyone else? Let's just, uh, Randy Anderson. Randy Anderson's great. Pee-wee. I don't, I don't have a problem with Pee-wee, um, but. He's like the second in command to me to Nick Patrick. Yeah, maybe. He, what about Lefty Gordon? <laughs> no, lefty, not, no, I'm sorry, not him. Lefty Borden. Le, what's the guy in um, Lucha, from, the, the head one that left for, oh, uh, for Lucha? Like uh, from Oscar w- the Grouch. What's his name? Uh, Charlie Haas. What's the guy's name? I, have I forget like what it is. Li- Marty have, Elias. Yeah, Marty Elias, yeah. Uh, no, he's not that good. Oh, you don't like him? I like Todd Sinclair better than I like Marty Elias. I was actually just going to bring up Todd Fat Sinclair. Fat Pants. Fat Pants himself. <laughs> Guy notable for many historic matches to me in, in that mid-2000s period. Stuff that um, many big matches that a lot of people remember that brought guys like Samoa Joe, yeah. uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Nigel, McGuinness, Nigel McGuinness, CM Punk, CM, CM Punk yeah. Tyler Guy Black. Guy that reffed a lot of these matches cemented basically sure. every single person that's in the WWE right now. Probably Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Yeah. yeah uh, El, Generico. El Generico. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's Sami Zayn, very, if you don't know. Very rare that we get a ROH talking here. But yeah, just, Sinclair's worth a mention, man, yeah, if nothing else. So I mean, he, he really is up there. So is Jim Molino from ECW. Jim Molino? Yeah, I yes, think that's what it is. Jim Molino. Their main like, head ref. They had yes. others, but he's another notable. But I... What I'm about gonna, Mickey J? <laughs> he's okay. I'm just, I, I have yeah, to he's okay. He's I, okay. I have to differentiate like people that are you know Rushmore material. Mid Carter, Mid Carter yeah. is in the. Yeah. Uh, he's a little a notch above the Billy Silverman territory. Yes. Okay, like in that Jack Doan vein where they're just like okay, they exist. Timmy White, yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have to say that maybe Kyoto. Yeah, is, is there any contendership though for Dave Hebner? Seriously, he did a Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. He was involved also in the Twin Hebner's angle. He would have done WrestleMania four, but he was hurt by Earl by accident, so Earl stepped in for a while. He did a Savage Hogan in WrestleMania five. Okay, he did his last notable one was Savage Warrior WrestleMania seven. So he was like, listen, I, I get the argument. I just not I, his longevity. Not the longevity yeah. is what hurts him. I'll scratch I, him. I, honestly, I'll um, scratch him. Yeah. I, if I'm thinking like all time reps, like would Teddy Long be in the no, discussion? I don't I think he stinks. I think he's Death Valley, too. I just wanted to like I didn't know how you felt about I that. Don't, I don't think he's very good. Yeah. Uh, Corderas is pretty good, but not Rushmore material. What about some of these guys we've been watching in the 82, like Dick uh, Kroll? But which one's the I tall one? I hate all of them okay. in 82. So they're, let's, they're terrible. Moving on. Yeah. What about then? Uh, what about Mark Curtis, Quinter? No? Mm. 
Nah, I, really? I don't feel as strong. So what qualities? What, you know okay, what? okay. Here's a, here's a guy we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. And here's another guy that I just associate with. Like I just remember him in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it might not have been big stuff, but he was just always around. Timmy White. Like he really. Okay. He was one of those guys that was just like a fixture yeah. in the world wrestling. Like it was just he was just there. He was just there a long time. Yeah. yeah. Then he like kept like shooting himself or something with well, Todd that, Grisham. That was when they were writing him off. Josh Matthews. It was one like of them. for like a year. <laughs> he like, was so stupid. He wasn't even refing anymore by that point. No, like, I know. It, it was just like, well, we need a something. He stopped refing yeah. like O two or yeah. something like that. And things got even worse last December, Tim, when you attempted to take your own life with a shotgun. Luckily, you missed. Again, if we're going to talk about the best referees, right? We've got I almost said Neil Young, Tommy Young, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick Patrick. And Earl Hebner, right? right? Who is the fourth amongst that group of people? Like, what qualities are we looking for here? It, we're looking for an all-timer, I would think, right? I think, with, yeah, an all-timer. I think refs with longevity definitely stand out. You know what's uh, one we, two guys we didn't talk about? They've been with this company forever. I know we don't cover them a lot. The New Japan guys. Uh, yeah. The t- Tiger Tiger Hitori, I think his is name is. Is that Red Shoes? No, no the Red other Shoes one's Red is Shoes. The, the other one's Red. Yeah. I don't even know Red <laughs> Shoes' know. name. But they've been like, there forever. They've been there for like a million yeah. years. They've refed many, <laughs> yes. many big matches. I like, know. Stuff that's like notable in the 90s, 80s, mm-hmm. 2000s, yes. 2010s. You're right. Like they're still refing. You're like right. those two guys. That's right. But I don't think we're, we're covering Japan today, right? But it's you, a are tip you of the sure? cap. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> tip of the cap. Because I think Red Shoes is actually a very good ref. He is. He I is think very he's like good. a very, very good ref. Well, do you want to put Red Shoes on then? Because then he would probably trump anyone else. But if you want to keep it narrowed down to North America here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think. It's only fair, but I really like Red Shoes a lot. I think he's good. He's one of the only refs that I've ever seen do his like one, two, three count like as deliberate. Yes. Like more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. To be fair. But if we're not counting them, Japan. Yeah. Then we're probably talking like either Mike Kyoto. Yeah. Maybe. Are we ruling out Morella? Or is Morella Uh, maybe a contender? Okay. I think it's between Morella, Kyoto. Yeah. I think that's it, really. Yeah. I, I can't think of anyone else. Little Nature, no. No. Okay. Although Little Nature has done main events a lot, has, too. It, that's... Mm. It's probably Morella or Kyoto. Yeah. I think they're both good. I, I love Joey Morella. He's my favorite I, ref. I know you love Joey Morella, but I got it. Mike Kyoto's been there since forever. I, I if His longevity might trump him. And he was the one that they selected to replace Earl Hebner for WrestleMania 14's main event. To me, when that, Earl went to, down with an aneurysm. To me, that says something about him. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. He started as a guy setting up the ring. Like he's yes. he's literally worked his way from the bottom to the top of the referee of the ref. food chain. There. Yeah. Like I I can't really like deny him. He deserves it. All right. I'll I'll go in with you. I'll turn the and key. He's a good, he's a good ref. All the guys we're talking about, we're not talking about how good a ref they are. Mostly just Some because they just are. Like you yeah. know, as much as you hate Earl Hebner, yeah, he you sucks. know he's a good ref. No, he's not, but he's just been there a long time. For number four, though, Mike Kyoto, Quinn? Yeah, Mike Kyoto. (laughs) 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 To recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of referees, we have, I keep almost saying Neil Young, Neil Young, (laughs) Tommy Young, Nick Patrick, Earl Hebner, and Mike Kyoto. That is our Mount Rushmore of wrestling referees let us know yours on twitter at ovp podcast you can email us or join the group and let us know there quinn 
I'm going to give you one of the worst. I I know you probably wanted to say this one, Mm. but I'm going to anyway. Okay. Gilberto Roman. Horrible. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This guy... He doesn't count right. He <laughs> no. botches stuff all over the place. The gorilla like has a big effing problem with him, and I don't, I don't know if that's real or not. It, it might seems be though, kind of real. We were saying because earlier, gorilla doesn't like bad mouth people right. like that. He's loyal, and but he's also a company man, and he yeah. knows his shit. So if he sees like a referee legitimately not doing it well, right, I wouldn't put it past him to slip that in the commentary. Third man in the ring, Gilberto Roman. Notice I did not call him a referee. I referred to him as a third man in the ring. He leaves a lot to be desired in the field of refereeing. I think he's like a shoe-in. Like he's, he's really bad. He is so horrible, Joe. <laughs> I, so we've been reviewing these 82 WWFs. Yeah. And, you know, you can check those out on the Patreon. But like, at first I thought, you know, maybe this was just a gorilla joke or something. Right. But the more we watched him, the more we're like, how was this guy employed? He's slow. Yeah. He waddles around the ring. He's not at all invested in what's going on. He'll he doesn't an, care. He has an inconsistent count. Sometimes right. it's too fast. Sometimes it's too slow. He's very, very poor. Yep. Anyone you want to throw at me, but I think he's, pro- he's probably a shoo-in. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a shoo-in. Actually, so we brought him up before, and I, I was just giving him, you know, because he'd been around a while, but I really don't like him as a ref, but Teddy Long... No, he sucks! It, he's a bad ref. He was bad in WCW also, before there, he was, like, Doom's manager. It seems like there's a reason they didn't keep him the ref, right? Right, they like, made him a manager, because he's actually better as, like, an on-screen talent yeah, than he was referee. Or the, you know, the king of SmackDown, or whatever <laughs> he is. Like, his Straight-up li- tag team match. Yeah, I mean, he literally is the king of SmackDown. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't think Teddy Long was... Uh, is another one that, like, I think he came in in late 98 to the WWF, Right. He was just like, it looked like he wasn't good at doing any of that stuff. No, and he was also a ref in WCW also. Before he was a manager. I've seen those matches too, and I'm not very impressed. No, I don't think he's very good. Yeah. I also don't think this might be controversial. I don't think Danny Davis is that good. (gasps) I don't think he's good either. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hate to say it because, you know, we all love the dangerous Danny Davis character. It was funny. Like kind of no, but when it first happened, it was kind of funny. When it like, first happened, like I remember when we saw that episode where he turns and it, it is yes. that is really funny stuff. But by '89, when he's when he's feuding with Sam Houston or whatever, it's not funny, you know. Yeah, but I mean, by then he's not a ref anymore. But my point is, is that even before that, he wasn't the best ref. His pants were always weird. His shaggy hair. His hair sucked. It's like how he was dressed and his hair are part of the reasons I still feel they like said the Macho Man didn't win the title legitimately. <laughs> There's no other reason. He did a standard heel move where the foot, feet are on the ropes, but there was no indication that Danny Davis saw it. No, of course not. They retcon that in. But even as early as 82, Davis is a little dicey. Right. In the 82 stuff where he pops up. Mm-hmm. it's. I think it's mainly though, Quinn. What? And I think it's his hair. Yeah. His hair's very disturbing. His hair is horrible. And he was there all the way until 95, but he just never... Something about him always rubbed me the wrong way, and not in the heel way. I just felt like it was weird that he was there, but I don't know if he's one of the the worst, he but be. he might be. But I think I think Gilberto Roman's a shoe in for number oh, one. Gilberto no? Roman's definitely, okay. definitely, definitely in. All right, you want to put him in then? I'll just put him in as number Please. one. All right, so for number one, Gilberto Roman. Die, die, die. Yolanda Vega. So here's one yeah. that I absolutely hate. Okay. Like with with a passion. Okay. 
Now, this guy, I think he was also in WCW. It's not strong ref, is it? No, no, no. Okay. He is horrible. He was in WCW, I believe, and he was also in TNA. Who? Slick Johnson. Oh, I know Slick He's Johnson. He rep. wears the shorts. He's terrible. He. Okay, this guy, if you had a problem with, like, Earl like going into business for himself yes he is like going into business for himself to like the nth degree really Flint Johnson what I was, what, uh, what nothing. I was having looking at my spider bite I was having my oh, spider bite looked at uh, you know, this thing gets infected I could die from this thing he jumps around I have a picture of him where he was also an NWO ref he's horrible oh was he the second nwo yes. like later right he's always jumping around and, and going into business for himself always like he looks like he should have been a wrestler but he didn't bulk up enough or something <laughs> like i hate him so much he sucks and he's might be one of, he might be worse than like gilberto like really just because he's just the way he it's too much too much right it's way too much and i i, I just can't believe this guy has worked in the industry this long <laughs> Uh, He's an insult to referees. Okay. All right, then. Uh, I won't argue with you because I've never liked that guy either. I didn't watch too much TNA, but I, I know exactly who you're talking about. There's and a yes, reason WWF didn't pick him up. <laughs> there's a lot of going into business for oneself right. when it comes He's, to him. If you have a problem with Earl, he's like way worse, like a hundred times worse than Earl. Plus, why would you name yourself after a wet penis? I think that was part of the joke. I, I think he <laughs> would have Vince I, Russo name him. No, but I I really he think might've. that he is like one of because his hair's bald. That's why he's slick. Oh, that's why because it's like it's shiny though. I mean, like he a likes, penis. He like yeah. I he's horrible. Just oh. get him out of here for number two. <laughs> slick Johnson. Die, die, die. Okay. Now, Danny Davis is still in contention. Teddy Long, sorry to say, not very good. Mm-hmm. Now there was the first female referee. I'm not talking about Jessica Carr because or whatever her wrestling name was. I forget what it was. Because uh, that was, like, they've retconned out that Rita Chatterson was a ref in 1986, 87. Oh, right. Okay, I thought that Jessica Carr was Rita no, Chatterson. she's the current, I forget, was it like Jessica something is, or other? Is it her name Rita Marie? Kennedy here, Brink um, is Jessica Carr. Okay. But anyway, um, is that, was, there's the new women's ref, right? They, but yes. they say she's the first one. Yeah, but rep, she's but that's not, not. That's be, not true. Because Rita Marie accused Vince of some naughty things. Either I had sex with him and satisfied him, or I went nowhere and I was blacklisted. Oh, so that's why they rec- yes. Is that recent or something? And that's why there's a new women's rep to was, like write her off. That was like 92 when she had those accusations. Oh, really? They still aren't acknowledging her. But I don't know if she was. I don't know enough about her. There is also Bronco Lubick. This is the infamous referee i believe from like world-class nwa in some way shape or form he was a wrestler he is one of those he's one of those referees quinn that was like i don't know 174 he was like the art donovan of referees okay uh, and he was just so i'm not getting slow. a picture of i i don't get him what's his name bronco lubick and we saw him in world class mainly that's where you would want to check him out he was probably younger than he looked but he was one of those guys that looked like he smoked four packs of Lucky Strikes a day. Oh, goodness. This picture on the internet is like in black and white. And yeah. He- well, they didn't have... It was actually a, a hand portrait. It's actually a watercolor. And I think if nothing else... I don't else, remember this guy that much. I but- know. I think if nothing else, uh, we should mention him because I know our fans out there that are familiar with him would mention him. Right. But I haven't seen quite enough of Bronco. <laughs> I've got one that you might absolutely hate. What? We call, I don't know his name, but we call him Angry Ref. 
with the bad hair at like oh Jack Kruger <laughs> yeah it's him yes thank you I totally forgot about Jack Kruger why, why was he so mad I don't get his deal he stinks and his hair looks like a wet mop what <laughs> two why is he so mad I don't get it. All the time. He's just yelling. His hair looks like he dunked it in the sink (laughs) and then sprayed rain on it. He looks terrible. He's going in. Get him out of here. Without even much argument at all. He's terrible. I remember, folks, as a kid watching WrestleMania Mm 4. And he's notably the ref for the Bam Bam Bigelow uh, one-man gang match. And he's the thing Quinn was doing, he's angrily counting out Bigelow. Glow while he's on the reggae front. <laughs> Referee obviously didn't say, I don't know what you're talking about, gorilla. Yes, I saw it. <laughs> no! He's so obnoxious, yeah. and I hate him. Get him out of Thank here. Thank you for bringing him up. For yeah. number three, Jack Kruger, Kroger, Cougar. Die, die, die. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> All right, so we've got one spot left. I think you have something um with Rita whatever maybe i mean she wasn't good no like to be fair like if i'm just judging her as a ref no she wasn't good there's also a bunch of those uh msg only refs from the (laughs) 80s into the 90s that are really bad there's like spectrum only refs too yeah but don't even they're like not even in the same class (laughs) they're not even allowed i don't even know their names (laughs) not even allowed to be discussed (laughs) but there's a belt buckle ref i forget his name he looks like bruce (laughs) pritchard's cousin uh there is bald like karate ref uh, if we don't know their name other than what they look like their nickname that's it can we count them yeah, we can. There's also Dick Kroll and Dick Worley. Yeah, I was just going to say Dick Worley. I remember not liking Now, him. what's your problem with Dick Worley? He's the tall one, right? I or is think that so. Dick Kroll? I don't know. I they're, always... they're, they're the two dicks, I always get confused. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you do get confused around dicks, Quinn. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, boy. Dick Worley. I asked for that one. Yeah, you did. Dick Worley was um, the tall one. Yes. No, I he... don't mind him. Really? What's wrong with the tall ref? I don't know. He was just kind of annoying. Like I, I just, I just didn't like him. That's all. And he looked like Coach from Cheers. I like Coach from Cheers. That doesn't make him a good ref, though. Yeah, just a sec. Is there an Rudy Pantuso here? That's you, Coach. Speaking. Now you probably like Woody better than Coach, right? Or are you indifferent? I actually prefer Woody. He grew on me over time. A lot of phallic references in this. Oh, God. <laughs> Woody's and Dick's, Dicks and yeah. Slick Johnson's. We're really, we really don't do the lowbrow humor ever. Hey, um, we didn't do it. The refs did it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very suggestive sport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with Dick Worley. I don't even have a problem with Dick Kroll. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dick's just never really crossed my mind, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, you like angry ref? I mean, a strong ref? I do like Strong Ref, you like actually. John uh, Cohn? Uh, John Cohn, big fan Very of John Very good. Cohn, big fan of his son, the uh, ex-tag team champion as yeah. well. Nicholas. Nicholas is Nicholas Cohn, yeah. one of the greatest <laughs> tag team champions. Of, if we had to make a Rushmore of just like tag teams, but like not like the teams, like the just individuals, <laughs> yes. he would make it without question. <laughs> now, to be fair to Danny Davis, he's not worse than Teddy Long, right? Teddy Long? I Yeah. Like, He's not. All right, so I'm going to get Danny Davis out of here, at least, okay. so we don't deal with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, Bronco, we said we're not putting in only because we're not familiar enough with him. I can't, in good conscience, put him in. So right now, Teddy Long and Rita Marie are the top two contenders, <laughs> but I am I am sure there are people we're not thinking. Remember Scott Armstrong? Yes. Um, I have, like, a love-hate relationship with this guy. Like, 
he sometimes annoys me and he sometimes doesn't. Like, okay, why is that? Because you know how when we say somebody's like serviceable? <laughs> yes. He's serviceable. Like he's okay. he's not the worst ref. What bothers me is that I remember him wrestling too much <laughs> yeah. and like it just is like this is weird. Like okay. he's got gray hair and like <laughs> he doesn't look like the Scott Armstrong I remember. Yeah, I know he WCW. does. Look, he looks really weird. Yeah, but even as like an Armstrong, he wasn't like one of the more notable ones, right? Who's the one that they tried to like push in like '98 or something? That's in WCW, not, yeah, Brad. Like yeah, like way too late. Very talented wrestler though, yeah. Brad Armstrong. But okay, too bad we're not counting guest refs, Squim, because I think uh, Gene Kaniski might take the cake there. Oh, you don't like from him, right? Yeah, you, st- you hate that. Terrible. There's been a lot of bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I. This isn't about them though. Wayne Hart was a ref for Stampede, but I think he was actually pretty good. You liked Wayne. Did eh, you, yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan, but I, I didn't hate him either. Did Shawn Michaels ref enough that he can count? No. Damn it! <laughs> With his stupid shorts. The blouse. He'd get in, like, uh-huh. based on the shorts and blouse alone. We already have a shorts ref in here. <laughs> and he's a real ref. That's I think that's more offensive. I'm sorry. You're right, we actually do. Well, then, I I don't know. I, we can't put Rita Marie in, right? Can we? I mean, she wasn't good. Like, I... I <laughs> I, yeah, I hate we, to say it. It's like, it's like Missy Hyatt all over again. Hi, Missy Hyatt. I'm your host. Yeah, but we barely saw her, really, right? I mean, I mean, I've seen some of her. Remember Earl's son, Brian Hebner? Yes. And then he also got let go shortly after Earl did. But that was bullshit because he didn't do anything wrong. I always hated that. You're right. That was crap. And actually, just for that, he's not getting on okay, anything bad because I won't. I think that's one of the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. But would you would you think, you know, not that we would ever want to insinuate, you know, this type of behavior from a professional wrestling company, but would you think he only got the job because of nepotism? Perhaps. But <laughs> okay, he wasn't enough. even bad either. He right? wasn't that bad. He You're was right. a good ref. Yeah. I, I never had a problem with him. Better than his dad. So uh, shut up. I, I Teddy Long, I think. I think it's I Teddy did, Long. I'm, he stinks. He does stink. <laughs> you know? I, he's just eh. I just feel like it's a manager refing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or like a, a GM refing, because when you watch it in retrospect, it's like, Tenny Long is not it's good at this. It's the same Danny Davis thing. It's a guy that you know doesn't want to be, wants <laughs> yeah. to be more than a ref, but and he's should refing. be. Yeah. Like, is not yeah. good at the ref part, but is good at other stuff. Like, JR was a ref when he started in the 70s. I can't imagine that. He's probably, one, two, oh, it's not cool. All right, so... Is is it Teddy Long? Are we are we T- final Teddy on that? Long. It, it definitely yeah. is. Holla 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 for number four, Teddy Long. Die die die. All right, we're, well, our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley referees here. The Death Valley part, Gilberto Roman, of course. Yeah, and the worst. Quinn's personal favorite, Slick Johnson. <laughs> One, two, <laughs> Jack Kruger. And Teddy Long, that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of wrestling referees. And folks, let us know because you might have a totally different vantage point and that's one of the great things that i like to encourage at our facebook group is just let us know we're not gonna like yell at you if you disagree i do know we're gonna get some complaints from mike crockett that he wasn't on rushmore well you know maybe if he ever comes off as extended hiatus we can put him on rushmore well he's got it he's got to <laughs> he's got to put in the work as yes. they say and folks if we missed anybody feel free to let us know because uh, i'm sure there are people you've observed through all your years of retro wrestling out there people maybe you know a lot about bronco maybe he was actually good i doubt it you know maybe there's people <laughs> that were just totally completely overlooking because they were so bad i don't know so let us know you can do that on twitter you can email us or join the facebook group but when we come back quinn We are entering an era that we have not really touched yet, and that'll be coming up right after this. A huge story has developed. WWE. 
referees have gone on strike over unsafe working conditions following what happened on Raw this past Monday night. Earlier today, we saw another look at the, uh, the striking referees, King. But these referees will not be working. These officials have been on strike from all of our televised events since last uh, Thursday SmackDown, King. Well, I, I mean, they I, I think they got a legitimate beef. I do, too. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans. How the heck are you? Hi. <laughs> this is Our Vantage Point the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we are reviewing something. I heard that. <laughs> you did? Yeah, it's good. It's Ward been, on the street. It's been known. It's been, it's been buzzing. Folks, we are, uh, I said uh, in the rip for the break that we were going to an era that we've never gone before. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a reason for that. It's because it's an era that I don't generally appreciate. However, there are some hidden gems in there and some good stuff. And this is what has been, I guess, retroactively called the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, although I, it was never called that. Yeah, I don't know. Like now that now they call it that. Yeah, but it was but never. I, it feels like it's just because they don't have a name for yeah. it. Yeah, maybe they're still trying. Maybe the marketing wizards <laughs> over at the WWF are trying to figure that out still. I guess so. Or the WWE. Yes. Sorry, March the F is gone. <laughs> the F got out yeah. a couple of years before this show that right. we're going to do. This is 2004, folks, and it's WWE Velocity. World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, it's very entertaining. Uh, Velocity, September 10th, 2004. So for a little context, this is almost... 14 years ago so we're well within retro if retro is 10 years ago is like the, the minimum i think that's fair 14 is we're in like, yeah so to give this is you, a long time ago at this point this is during the uh, period of time where like the most scandalous thing going on with uh, politics was uh, like george bush being the president george yeah. w bush this is like right before the is this when he got a, elections is this when he got a shoe thrown at him yeah <laughs> i think did it's that in that general time yeah. a little afterward this, this it's probably afterwards i think <laughs> Who throws a shoe? Honestly. And this is uh, around the time that Green Day's American Idiot was coming out, which was a wow. monumental album for Green Day. It relaunched them. And Isn't after, this about the time we graduated that, from high school? It's a few months after we graduated. U2 was coming back, uh, unfortunately, with uh, Vertigo and uh, forget the name of that album. How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. I think U2 was allegedly okay still in 04. Like, people seemed yes. to like them. Now, were the Killers around 04, Quinn? Yes, they yeah, were, right. actually. That's a great album. Yep. The, 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 that one Killers album. The, the one album. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Franz Ferdinand's self-titled album had been out by them, which I'm a big fan of. I, I choose that one over the Killers. But a anyway. lot of notable things, a lot of memorable things. I feel just the fact that we're saying this stuff, it really is retro. It by is like, retro. 04 is like a retro. It's, it's old now. That's kind of why I wanted to bring up a few things from pop culture. You know, I think Super Size Me, did that come out in 04? It was around Maybe. that time. People dressed really weird. Yes, like, they have, did. Have you noticed that? I think this is a very odd thing. It's like nowadays, you know, we we think people dress weird in the eighties and even the nineties. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting to this weird point where the early two thousands, mid two thousands, like that seems like there's some weird people shit, yeah. looked like this <laughs> right. back then, like this baggy clothes and weird things that sparkled, and it was yes. strange. Jay Leno was still doing the Tonight Show oh, for, for the first time. Like, this oh, is way before hey the Conan thing. And Conan, after Jay Leno, you know, the late show with, or late night with Conan O'Brien, was awesome around this period of time. Early, mid-2000s Conan. Was this Conan. the period where, like, we were getting to the point where he was, like... We knew. We knew he was really good. Yes. But, like, they thought he was going to get the Tonight Show yes. or something. That was announced, I believe, in September of 04. 
Jay Leno was like, Conan and George, see you in five years, but see you in five years, buddy. Actually, I still want to do it. Uh, So anyway, let's get to Velocity here. Now, Velocity came up in the spring of 2002, Quinn, and it replaced a pair of shows that were kind of interchangeable that have been around since 99. You might know them, Jacked and Metal, a.k.a. No One Cares. Now, let me ask you something about Jacked, Metal, Velocity. I know they're spiritual successors, but they are they linear successors to like All Star or anything like that. Like they are the successors, yes, of Shotgun Saturday Night, yeah, which technically was a new show, but Shotgun Challenge, which was the tamer version, the daytime version, right. was the spiritual successor of Wrestling Challenge. Was it the lineal successor? Was it the yes. actual? Like it was lineal. They turned wrestling challenge into shotgun challenge but like no no one got it like we didn't get it right and wrestling challenge as we well know stemmed from all-star wrestling so this is this is actually all-star wrestling if if you you really want to get like minute about it i mean that (laughs) hey these are the production notes these are the actual (laughs) facts here yes velocity would be all-star wrestling yes it would be in in some ways so this ran from may of 02 until june of 2006 by 2005 once wwe was off uh spike this became a web only show for about a year not no four though. Not right? no four. We are we are well into the Spike TV era of this right. okay. airing, so it's a regular show at this time. I have some fondness for this specific uh, show. You do, and I believe a lot of that has to do with the Hulk Hogan of Velocity, Quinn. Yes, the Stone Cold Steve Austin of Velocity, <laughs> maybe The Rock. Mm-hmm. He was a star in many circles that only included Saturday nights at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> uh, his name is Paul London. Paul London. Who had wow. A promising career that was cut short by smiling as Vince McMahon walked to a limo before he blew up in it right before Chris yeah. killed his family. Right. So that's all Paul London's fault, obviously. Right. It's all <laughs> Paul London's fault and his career was cut short yes. uh, by a look. Yes, by by a smile. Uh, it's unfortunate <laughs> that because, Vince McMahon is a petty asshole. Right. And also it's unfortunate because Paul London was the king of the 10 o'clock hour. That's right. For for quite, the, quite a long time, actually. Long time. Although he's not on this episode. He's I mentioned, though. He's mentioned. He was but, around. I mean, he's like Hogan. You can't have, can't him, have on, him all the time. Yeah, but I mean, it's he's prestigious. The king of velocity, Paul <laughs> London. I was really hoping we would find something yes. with him because he really was like the main event of every episode for a period of time. He was. Like, there was a stretch where he was on it all the time and he always had a great match. Yeah. And it's true. He yeah. really was. He's a great wrestler, Paul London. He was. He really was. What an under unsung like hero of wrestling. I, I it's a it's a shame that guy should be in the Hall of Fame, but he never will be. <laughs> okay. I don't know about Hall of Fame. He was fame. great. All right. So uh get his own show. Okay. <laughs> so join us as we delve into as Quinn takes a sip of Pepsi and I'm not kidding. Right. Uh, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Sorry, KFC doesn't have any choice. (laughs) So let's get right into WWE Velocity, September 10th, 04. Quinn, the first thing we're greeted with is a a reminder that no mercy happened. Dig, dig, diggity dog, whatever. JBL, the world champion JBL. Jubble. Face the underwear taker. (laughs) We get a quote here from uh, Michael Cole saying, he stares at a man that he's never beaten, talking about Undertaker staring at JBL. What? Is this era where we're supposed to believe that JBL could stand up to the Undertaker? <laughs> I agree with you. He's JBL. Yes. He's just in the Hawk Bradshaw. <laughs> right. He's the guy in APA that's not Ron Simmons. 
He gambles. I, I, he smokes a cigar. Who cares? I, I agree with you. And I also would wager a pretty safe bet that probably sometime in 96, Undertaker beat Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Yeah. So I bet like, he did beat him. Superstars. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't matter. And like Uncle Zebed Kaya was there or whatever. Yes. So anyway, Heidenreich then emerges from the hearse during this. This, uh, this is funny just because there's hearse cam. Yeah, this it, is like, like Undertaker does his like rise up thing. Yes, this it's is so called. Bad. What was this called? The last ride match because it's in a hearse. It's just basically like an extra step in the casket yeah. match. You got to put him in the casket and yeah. then put the casket in the hearse, right? And then drive away with it. So, but Heidenreich emerges. Remember Heidenreich? Yeah, from the hearse, and he has an ether rag that he shoves in the Undertaker's face. Not chloroform, <laughs> nope, ether. ether. And uh, he stuffs Taker in there, but we get a casket cam as the Undertaker sits up in the hearse. JBL gives him the clothesline from heck anyway, and then JBL wins. You know, Undertaker loses a casket thing, as always. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I, they, they try to sell it as so shocking. Right. It's like, this is how you repackage the Undertaker generally, right? It's like, he loses one of these things, yep. and then he comes back, and he's like, oh, I'm more powerful now. <laughs> and I think when he changed his hair and stuff, that helped with his powers. Yeah. Would always have a different haircut every year when he wrestled, right? right. Once a year, of course, because he's old. Yeah. So uh, Paul Heyman is revealed to be the hearse driver, this which is, is kind of funny. funny. Yeah, because this whole thing gets dumber. Yeah, and then we get clips of a jeep crashing into the hearse, and then the hearse explodes. Apparently, this all happened at the same time. Like yeah. Paul Heyman is the fake driver, yep. drives to the back, yep. and then he's like, "Ha ha ha!" and he like <laughs> locks it up, and then all of a sudden the jeep comes and it explodes. So did they put the explosives on the jeep, or is, is it was it on the the casket hearse thing? Probably the casket hearse, right? If, if yeah. Heidenreich was in there, he was probably planting that stuff. So he planted like C4 or something I on think there? C4, okay. C5, whatever you know, it takes. That's like rubber. You can yes. just put it right on there. <laughs> so this is wrestling in 2004, folks. Yeah. Just unnecessarily dramatic cinematic elements, explosions. It's like an action movie, but there's a problem, Quinn. The main problem is who cares about Heidenreich? <laughs> that's agree. the problem. Heidenreich stunk. Yeah. So we get a very uninspired opening sequence here for this show. It's like... It's just a bunch of things happening with green stuff in the background. This was the green show. Like, SmackDown was the blue show, and this is SmackDown's B show. Right, but I have to say, they are talking it up. They're acting like, whoa, velocity, big deal, big deal. Yep, they're putting it over. (laughs) Yeah. So we get some good pyro, and then Josh Matthews welcomes us as Tori Wilson wanders out. Tony Chimmel's the ring announcer. She looked pretty damn good here. She was young here. I have to say. 26 years old, maybe 27. I totally forgot about Tori Wilson. Well, most people do. Tori and her annoying voice say that she's here for another dose of velocity. She sounds like Sable. Well, I had so much fun last week that I came back for another dose of velocity. Give me a break. I can't believe that they actually had someone come out and be like, it's Velocity, (laughs) folks. so weird. It's like so strange. It's like, are you ready for some Velocity? Because I am. So she's the guest ring announcer for this match here. And she announces Doug Basham with Danny. Remember the Bashams? Crickets or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, crickets. Apparently, Bill DeMott is also on commentary, which is not humorous. (laughs) Thank you. Doug Basham's opponent, Quinn, is RVD. Doesn't that seem beneath him to be on this show, RVD? Yeah. But I have to say, it also, it's maybe very it's, big for Velocity. Maybe it's that, see? Velocity as RVD. Yep. And actually, as we go through this, I'm like 
stunned at the stars on this show. Like, I'm like, actually, like, <laughs> there's some names. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, I'm telling you, Paul London brought this show <laughs> from nothing. And now people are clamoring to get booked on Velocity, like RVD and shit like that. Yes. Brian Hebner, I think, is the ref. Who cares? Whoever he is, he's got frosted tips. Right. This is 2004. Well, it's the frosted tips era. <laughs> I think you had frosted tips at some point. Oh, I had all different yeah. colored hair. If yeah. you want, if you want, folks, I'll post some pictures yeah. of my stupid hair from when I was younger. RVD does his taunt to start. Quick exchange in RVD with the springboard crossbody. Doug Basham is less than impressive, I'd he's, say, Quinn. He's half of a tag team called the Bashams, <laughs> so I think we should give him a pass there. <laughs> stomp, stomp, stomp. Josh Matthews mentions the debut recently of Carlito Caribbean Cool. You might know his dad, Quinn, that youngster. Yes, Carlos, Carlos Colon. Now, would you say that Carlito is the best Cologne? I mean, I'm not familiar enough with Carlos other than like Rumble 93 and some small glimpses of WWC. Maybe he's the best cologne to ever appear in the World Wrestling Entertainment Maybe Federation. That. Yes, yeah. that's possible. Nice headlock here by Basham as Luther Reigns gets mentioned. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Remember that era? Yeah. RVD misses a shitty spinning kick and Basham does the RVD pose to him. I feel like I'm playing SmackDown. Here comes the pain. You got to get the bar <laughs> up, Joe, so you can get your finisher ready. Okay. It's important, especially in this era. This the game actually existed, so now, now they're aware. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> RVD, RVD takes back over with some flippy crap. Rolling Thunder is blocked by the knees by Basham, and Kento Suzuki gets named. That's dropped. a name from the past. So Jeez. that guy was like, he was like a samurai kind of character. Yeah. It, it was almost like a bad stereotype, and he yes. actually literally had a geisha girl with him. He did. Nice. Like Miyu, or I don't know what her name Mi was. Miyu. It was like Mizu. I don't remember her name. You should I, just stop now before you offend someone. I, it's not meant to. I just literally <laughs> don't remember her name. <laughs> no one from our show is in Japan. Don't yeah. worry. There if might you be. are, say, uh, hoi. How do you say hi in Japan? Uh, Hoshi. Kanichiwa. Uh, Kanichiwa. And then say sayonara because yeah. you, you'll hate me from my Japanese. Anyway, Demak keeps saying Quinn Young Bucks when over and over again. Never match. I mean, if we did any review with them, Joe, we would get shirts at Hot Topic and shit. Like the <laughs> OVB shirts would be there. That would be the rub. Yeah, we get a huge rub. Yeah. RVD goes for the not the kind of rub that Demak did to some of the divas, though. RVD goes for a five-star splash, but Danny throws him off. Danny Basham, the I, one I, not in the match. I have to say it's ironic that you say five-star frog splash after we mention Young Bucks. Like what, <laughs> it's like, what are you going to mention now? Meltzer Driver? and all this crap. Well, we've been, we get a big RVD chant here. RVD misses more karate. Then he goes up top, beats up Danny, goes back up top, and hits the splash for the win. Tori announces him the winner while doing his pose. Like she's doing the funny. RVD pose yeah. saying his name. I like Tori here, by the way. I'm fine with her. I was like, this is fun. Why can't she be here for the whole show? Yeah, why not? She was I was, fine. I was upset that she just left after this. Did she date A-Rod for a while? She did. Good for she him. She also dated George Clooney, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We get a shot of the announcers, and I gotta say, Bill DeMott is wearing a shirt worthy of Mark Madden. And yeah. I don't mean that in a good way. But he that, looks fat and Hawaiian with shirted. You, Bill DeMott wore a lot of Hawaiian shirts during this era. So did Mark Madden on Nitro. So did you. <laughs> in 2000. <laughs> yeah. In 2000. Sorry. Not by 04. The scantily clad Tori leaves. Quinn was very uh, impressed, I guess, I like was, by her attire. Well, because she says, like, RVD wins, and then she, like, Puts her zipper down to like show more boob. More boob. Yeah. JBL promo package. This era of JBL as champion stunk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why is there a midget there also? Why is he like talking to a midget? I don't understand. Anyway, we're joined in progress from SmackDown with JBL defending his title against Hardcore Holly. Okay. 
Bears! Oh my god, Hardcore, hardcore Holly. Holly title shot. Okay, here's... Okay, this is weird. So Hardcore Holly's still around, but there's no hardcore title anymore, so what the fuck does he even do? <laughs> he just... Like, ra- how, do he, how can he even be hardcore? Cole and Taz are on the call, and honestly, Cole, for all the shit he gets now, and I'm not gonna get into a whole diatribe, but part of that is because he's forced to do things a certain way. Yes. But in this era... when He was he, very good in this he's era. He's so good with Taz, especially. Great chemistry. To me, this is the basis of why people like Michael Cole. Yes. But on the other hand, it's also probably the basis of why people hate Michael Cole, because they're like, why can't he be like this? I know, but he's just not allowed to be on the main... You can't be this yeah, day and age. And I but, don't think he'll ever allow, be allowed no. to be that ever again. But we get some great stuff from him and Taz here. They're really good in stark contrast to Josh Matthews and a humorous, which we'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about later. I think JBL hit the nail on the head when he said Holly was crazy. Well, he might be crazy, but Holly's focused and he's dangerous. Look at that. Suplex delivered to the champion. And again, when you get him up in the air like that, that blood continues to roll the head. Where's the cover again? Look at the outside. Like me, pin the champion, but not right there. Nick Patrick Quinn, speaking of him earlier, is the ref. Short hair. Short hair, no mustache. You know, this era. Not the good version. (laughs) Not the good version. Orlando Jordan now saunters out. Remember that, Quinn? Now, he's the chief of staff. So I was asking you the whole time, like, is JBL like the president or something? Like, what, what is this about, this whole thing? Because... He's supposed to be head of like JBL Incorporated or some bullshit the like cabinet. that. That gives like you know Vince McMahon advice so that he can get good booking, right? Stock tips and yeah, and good stock tips so that you know JBL can be the champion, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, but his crew is like people that are like presidential, like a chief of staff and I don't like get this. secretary of state or something. I don't know, but like the point is, is it it's wrong? Like, shouldn't they be like executives on the board? You would think so, right? Yeah. Like a board, board of trustees, something the like that. Board of executives, right. how about that? Exactly. I also need to state for the record, the only time I've ever liked JBL was like 1999 to 01, maybe. Like, kind of. Other than that, You mean like just in stinks. APA? Yes, when he was in APA See, and they were face. You know what's really funny about APA? APA is one of the rare teams that I don't think of there being a captain. I just think of like APA was APA. Right. And JBL had failed miserably by himself as Justin the Hawk Brad. He's also a blackjack. You know, they figured, let's put them together. And it made a fun thing. I guess. And it should have just been that for the rest of both of their careers. Yeah, but instead he had to turn heel and win the world title. It is really funny because JBL would only retire like two years into this character after the APA broke up. It almost makes me wonder why like Ron Simmons just couldn't hang on for a lot older. For t- no, but I mean, if they just sat in the back and said "damn" and played poker, I, I, <laughs> he did do that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the APA should have just remained as that. Well, Vince wanted the new heel champion. I mean, it worked. The guy that he put over at WrestleMania 21 was John Cena, so it worked. You know what I mean? It right. was a good run for that, but it was. I don't like it. You know, I don't no. like watching it. It's it could not, have been a hundred different people yeah, that Cena beat, though. That's not, true. Not JBL. Also, the other thing, Quinn Bob Holly's a face. He was wandering around doing nothing and probably just like over because he hit people with like cookie sheets or something. You know what I mean? Like there was that like post era where like anybody from the Attitude Era was generally over as a face. That's true. Like it was like, oh, we know him. Like, you know what I mean? Like Hardcore Holly just got the rub from being around. Another guy I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying that that's literally what I'm probably guessing Hardcore Holly being a face is. Yeah, you're probably right. He existed in the Attitude Era and he's with 
with these new idiots. <laughs> Holly with a shitty flying elbow for two, and then he ducks the clothesline, hits the Alabama slam up, but Jordan interferes. Holly knocks him down. JBL just bails and takes the count out. Why did they show us this match? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was like a count out. And yeah. They're just being like, oh, he's going to have a hardcore match yeah. next week. It's like, great. Couldn't they have just said that this happened instead of showing or us? Or just clipped through it, yeah. not shown the whole thing. But then this- again, they got time to kill him velocity because I think they only have like was it like three original matches this I think week? so yeah which seems like it should be enough to fill velocity but I guess not I guess not you said Quinn uh, rematch next week this yep. hot feud yep hot <laughs> hottest feud then we get a close up of Luther Reigns bruised face he's mad at Eddie Guerrero for hitting him with a police baton looks like a gu- like a guy you would meet at like a pool like, <laughs> wait, so- wait like a community pool or yeah like-, like a guy that would come in with flip flops take a shirt off go swimming <laughs> he's got a weird like thing on his face does he have a stick medium rare yeah on his eye does it, does it, does it hurt so luther Reigns that sting on his face from the police baton <laughs> he cuts a ryback-esque promo and that's not a compliment a police baton eddie guerrero had the audacity to bust me in the face with a police baton yeah good yeah. so various clips of kidman are shown hurting chavo legit Right. Chavo's coming back, though. He sucks. And he does, right? Like, Does, does I really, anybody care? I never did. Wasn't the only thing he ever did was, like, like steal stuff with Eddie for, like, two months? Yeah, and then he rode a horse in WCW or something, like a fake horse. What? Remember he had a little horse? Oh, wow. Uh, he had, like, a little horse. What was yes, it called? I, I, Pepe, I, Pe- Pepe. Horsey. I don't Pepper. know. El Horse. El Horse. No, I don't think it's El Horse. I don't know. So anyway, Roman's uh, big brother Luther comes down to ringside here. <laughs> I thought it's his dad. Oh, is it his dad? It's not Luther. That's just a ruse that like oh, Sika thing or whatever. Okay, it's actually Luther Reigns is Roman's dad. Yeah, I in kayfabe. In kayfabe, yeah. He fights a uh, Ricky Vega. Which one's the jobber, Luther yeah. <laughs> Reigns or Ricky Vega? I have to say, when I was watching this, I think it's the first time in my life I ever saw Luther Reigns wrestle. You because know? I've heard a lot about him. I've seen clips of him beating yeah. people up, but I've never seen a Luther Reigns match in whole. It's like an unseen character almost in WWE. You hear about Luther Reigns. Because it was so short. He's in your memory, right? He's in your memory. It was so short. You know, it was one of those eras where I wasn't watching SmackDown per se as right. much. I was watching Raw in right. 04. Yeah. So it's like Luther Reigns. It's like I heard him on the periphery, yeah. but like <laughs> it's never saw him like actually wrestle match and he's terrible and there's, it's no wonder they just were like yeah, fuck yeah this we, guy. we don't want this guy yeah bald and goatee to jimmy corderas as the ref here <laughs> reigns with some shitty kicks and punches demott mentions that ricky vega was trained by johnny rods quinn wonderful well johnny I rods mean, is great i want johnny rods to do a run in here <laughs> I, I don't want to see ricky vega he stinks he looks he like he seems like a guy that johnny rods would beat the shit out of on <laughs> now on, on like championship you know what i'm saying i do know what you're saying crappy double chin lock by reigns vega with some kicks reigns with a huge Huge boot that knocks Vega to the outside. That actually pops the crowd pretty pretty big. It was the a pretty only impressive. Pop, um, not Roman Reigns will get here. <laughs> Ricky Vega planted up on this top rope. No, 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 no. Luther Reigns puts uh, Ricky Vega here away with one of those horrible mid two thousands, like too many <laughs> flip swings and the neck breaker. It's just a neck breaker, it would, but it's every, like too dramatic. The problem is seven hundred people oh, have the neck neck breaker wh- as their finisher. Why was that the default finisher <laughs> for every mid Carter from like oh four to two thousand eleven? Now, when we say neck breaker, just so we're not like confusing anybody that wasn't watching during this era, because I'm sure a lot of people weren't. Yeah, but like what we're getting at is any move that like is like a neck breaker like just is affecting the neck something where you swing them by their arms that hurts their neck right and they the, fall and there's 
The problem is, is there's 73 different versions to do this. Yes. And so, like, literally everyone had a modification Ugh. of it in some form or fashion. Awful. It was terrible. I should also note that I'm not a fan of the SmackDown ref attire, the blue. I don't know why, because I, I, I like that they're repping their brand. Should be playing billiards or there's something, something in that I, get up. There's something I can respect. I guess I just didn't like that the Raw refs just refused to change. It's just like, hey, the SmackDown guys are like doing their part. It's like they could at least change their fucking shirt. I like the canon that you've made up where the refs like all banded together. They're like, no, we're not changing. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something fishy about it is all I'm saying. It's mm. like, why do the Raw refs just get to keep the normal... What, are they lazy? Well, the Raw... They or who was the commissioner of Raw at this point in time? Oh, or, or president or head GM or whatever? <laughs> sheriff, I'm not sure. I think Austin was still the sheriff. 804? So, yeah. We get clips of Kidman versus Charlie Haas from SmackDown. What? Yeah, and Jackie Gata is with Haas. Now, I forgot about Jackie Gata. Now, Jackie Gata in real life was the wife of Charlie Haas. Yes, this is correct. When yes. You're absolutely right. Um, she was okay. She was okay. Whatever. Nothing I, great. I have to say she's she's way more involved than, say, a Tori Wilson. Though. Yes. She's actually like acting like a manager. Right. More manager-like, not wrestler-like. Yes. That's why I didn't have a problem with her yeah. ever. She was like, okay. I was like, oh, she's like a manager or yeah. whatever. She wasn't great, but yeah. she was okay. This is also like the getting chunky version of Kidman. Yeah, it's the I'm going to go work in the back on the video yeah. stuff version of him. <laughs> so his hair's getting like fluffier on top. He's starting to look like an accountant. He is, and he's wearing like all black tights, like short white tights. Boots. Yeah, and that's when he, the white boots is the giveaway right yep, there. No more wife beater, none of that stuff. Yeah. He's, he's starting to get more serious. Anyway, Haas dominates for a while. Kidman takes back over, and then Gata gets in the ring. Kidman choke bombs Jackie Gata. What is this? Wins now, a I, I don't like that. Listen, there there's things. Maybe they could fly in ECW, but not here in the World Wrestling Entertainment show. Now, Hogan used to beat up Sherry all the time, though. I never liked that either. I know. I don't like that. You in, were very upset wrestling, about this. Very. Like, unless it's Lucha Underground where, like, the women actually, like, fight the men in wrestling. Yeah, and, in and wrestling. And win, right. too, no yes, less. Correct. Like, it's different because their powers are different because of the way the show works. It's just a different show. Right. It's, but it's in, whole... in the WWE, the women are not portrayed to have the same power levels. Except as, China. As, uh, except China. She has like, the same in some testosterone weird cases, levels, too. Like, Nicole Bass or something. But <laughs> You I'm, got a problem! <laughs> My point is, is that this is fucked up, and f you, Kidman. I don't like this. Yeah, and Jackie didn't do anything really either. Like she yeah. wasn't violent. Yeah, she. Well, she did get on top of him. Did she? Oh, I wasn't missed she that. trying to choke him or something? I don't think so. Before that happened? I don't think so, actually. Anyway, Rico wanders out because Kidman throws Haas and Corderas out of the ring. Now, this is exotic Adrian <sighs> Street Rico. Yeah. And, like, I guess what I was saying to you was, like, I guess this is supposed to be, like, there, there's no they were trying to break kayfabe by having the guy yeah. that dressed as wildly, like, act like a normal person. Yes. And, and break it up. Yeah, because uh, Kidman T's doing the uh, shooting star press to Jackie, but then he just left. Rico and some officials come out, check on Jackie. I didn't realize Rico was still there, honestly. But anyway, WWE Rewind last week on SmackDown before a match here. John Cena and Carlito talk about fighting later being cool. Yeah. Carlito's like, we fight right now, that's not cool. But we fight later, that's cool. Carlito's gimmick started off just like saying everything was either cool or not cool, right? Is that what yeah, he did? Uh, having 
uh, hammocks and so he's like a third grader eating fruit in the game earthbound what was this i don't don't know what he is but i liked him at this time he was okay at this time yeah Yeah. we're back with josh matthews and he stinks Mm -hmm. so we get clips of carlito versus cena from smackdown frosty tips brian hebner again cena has his jorts of course quinn he's very jordy mark jorts very jordy yeah (laughs) and uh carlito dominates the future 16-time world champion with an awful springboard elbow into a headlock I, i said to you joe that you know what's interesting about this is that they had a lot of confidence in Carlito sure. to beat Cena. And uh-huh. to, I remember this point in time, and I do truly remember that Cena was essentially the anointed one. People knew he, by the by September, come on, people knew Cena was remember. earmarked for the world title. Probably. Like, it was pretty much known. Yes, yes. So, I'm just saying, I think that's that's impressive that Carlito was given, I guess, the guy that would dethrone him, the Mr. Perfect spot, if we're going to compare it to the Ultimate Warriors career trajectory or but whatever. But didn't it actually, wasn't it really Orlando Jordan? Orlando Jordan? Yeah, because... Well, that's because they did other Cena other won this title back. Yeah. yeah, but Cena won this back, didn't he? Yeah. And then then lost it right before WrestleMania. So, let's say that that means Carlito's the Rick Rude. If that works for you, sure. That is that... Yeah. You're okay with that? And I'm okay with that. You heard I, it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Carlito is the Rick Rude of 2004. Cena starts to wiggle out of his headlock here. As I notice knee pads under his George, so I support that. I like when people have knee pads on. I know you I, do, but no elbow pads. Yeah, it doesn't bother Did, me as much. Uh, we were talking about this. Has Cena ever had elbow pads even when he had the elbow nuggets injury? I don't think he does. He has ar- like wristbands that he puts up on hmm. his arms, I think. Yeah, like, it's weird. Sweatbands. I, I never thought about it. I'll have to look for that next time I watch John Cena wrestle a match. Have you ever worn a sweatband for any practical purpose? I did. I yeah, did. Uh, you did? When I was a little kid, I used to run, you know, on the track, and I used to wear that. You did? In the yeah, well, yeah, it, I, like at summer camp. Like if we did any running activities, I, I had a sweatband. Camp. They gave us a They gave us a one with the camp logo on it. Oh, that's very it. nice. And so it was, you know, it was very useful. You get a free t-shirt with yeah. that, too? I used to wear a, a white one on my right arm. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's huh. nice. It was good. I used to wear one on my right wrist when I played bass in my band, so that way I wouldn't hurt ah, my wrist on my bass because the way I played. Cena's hair is a little shaggy compared to nowadays, and he fights back with right hands and a big clothesline and then a very shitty bulldog. Five knuckle shuff when it was like new. It's like the early days. Or as I like to say, since we never get to talk about him, five knuck shuff. Yes, five knuck shuff. Not knuckle, no. five knuck shuff. It's actually a much better one than he would go on to do. He actually makes more direct contact. It looks better. Yeah. It's yeah. real. Now, five knuck shuff is basically the successor to the people's elbow, I feel. Oh, definitely. Has it's, he ever beaten anyone with the five knuck shot? I bet he has. I you bet think? he has, yes. It's I very rare you. because even even his regular finisher doesn't beat anyone anymore anyway. But. <laughs> no, that's true. But he does get a two count off of the five knuck shove here. And then he pumps his kicks, pumps up his kicks. Yep. He got the pumps. And he goes for the FU, as it was called back then. But Carlito grabs the rope, so Cena just tosses him to the outside. Carlito grabs the U.S. title, Cena's U.S. title belt, and brings it into the ring. Cena threatens him with it. And while Hebner is distracting Cena by taking the belt away, Carlito grabs Cena's chain in the corner, nails Cena with it out of the view of the referee, and gets the win and the U.S. title in Carlito's first match. I gotta say, this is Cena's, like, fault. Like, why <laughs> would you bring a weapon? You're put right. it on the post. You're a face. Yep. There's a heel there. Yep. Like, it was only a matter of time before some heel would be like, oh, there's a weapon over yeah. there. Let me distract <laughs> the ref and go use it. 
That's exactly what he did. He deserved everything he got here. You're absolutely right. As the crowd kind of silently looks on. By the way, Carlito's music is good. It, like, it sounds <laughs> like a nice, relaxing, like Yoshi's Island stage or Are something. Are you going to insert like, some Yoshi's Island stage music in here now? Well, Quinn, if I didn't, would I? Would this be our vantage point? Uh, I guess not. So, I, anyway, I love that game, by the way. I great do, too. Game. Very great game. Carlito wears a uh, Cena's chain for fun. Also, Brian Hebner, Quinn? Great yeah. ref here. Yeah, Frosted Tip Magoo. is He's good. <laughs> he I, is. I never had a problem with him. I didn't really either. You're yeah. right. I was a little harsher earlier. Yeah, I don't know what your issue well, is. Well, because his dad sucks, so I, didn't, yeah, I don't like Brian, her. Yeah, Brian Hebner, it's bullshit that he got fired to this day. That I agree he with. He was never bad. He, he never was like did anything a wrong. very good ref. Uh-huh. It was just like, oh, his dad's Hebner. Fuck him. <laughs> like, you know, like, it was yeah, bullshit. And you know, I think right. TNA did hire him. They did. So that was good. At very least nice. he has a job. Yes. Uh, speaking of jobbers, uh, SmackDown bumper here for Rene Dupree. <laughs> Get to see Rey Mysterio, Undertaker, you know, all the all the stars of SmackDown, like John Cena, and I JBL. Say, SmackDown's roster isn't horrible at, at is, all at this point in time. This is the uh, the era where SmackDown was very well well received. Very, well, it was coming off a um, better era. Yes, the SmackDown 6 era, but right. it was still well regarded in It still in had a bunch of people in it. Uh-huh, it did. So the Dudleys make their way down with Spike. Uh, Bubba is mighty fat here, <laughs> I just gotta say. So it's Devon, Bubba, and Spike. Spike is a heel as well with them. Not wearing a shirt, Spike. Remember I that? love this era of Spike Dudley as like the he's like the godfather of the Dudleys. Like it's supposed to be like the reveal is like like he's, he's the mastermind. He's the mastermind. It's like Spike is pulling all the strings and now he doesn't wear a shirt anymore yeah. and, and just like goes like rubs his hands together and like <sighs> I'm evil and I have the cruiserweight title and the Dudleys will do my bidding. As, this is the era where I just wish the Dudleys would go away personally. But I anyway. have no issue yeah, with the Dudleys. Uh-huh. They're just there. They're not Exactly, they're, they're just there. But I said, I'm, what I'm getting at is that it's not like they're hogging up tag titles or anything like that. They're just like enforcers or B- something. Bubba's hogging up all the oxygen. <laughs> uh, hogging does. What is your problem with Mark Lamonico? <laughs> Nothing. Bubba Ray Dudley, on the other hand, though, what? <laughs> not a big fan of during this uh. period of time. Anyway, their opponents are Nunzio and Johnny the Bull or Johnny Stromboli or Who Johnny Stamboli. Is this guy? He's big Italian guy. But. I don't. Re- I remember. Uh, what's the bald guy? Vito. Vito. Yeah. Yeah. It's Vito Big and Vito. Nunzio. Nunzio. Now their faces here. I also didn't remember that to be honest with Me you. Either. And their music stinks. Anyway, I'm not looking forward to this match. We'll see how it goes. So Devon attacks the start. Stamboli or Johnny the Bull with a power slam. Nunzio in with a very poor neck breaker. Bubba waddles in. Tags in. He's not even. He's doing like he's large things. He looks like he works at pawn shop, like on Pawn Stars or something. He's very athletic. Or what's the worst pawn shop? Hardcore pawn, the one with the really greasy guy. He looks I like heard he belongs one on of that. Them passed away recently. Yeah, the old, old man, man on, Jim or whatever. His yeah, name is. On, um, I don't even watch that show. On Pawn but, Stars, yeah. it's fun if you're on a flight. So, <laughs> so Nick Patrick is the ref again, and he's in awe of the very girthy Bubba Ray Dudley here. Nunzio with some goofy offense and a slap drop toehold. Yeah. Josh Matthews is really bad because him and DeMott <laughs> are going back and forth about some stuff. And I said to Quinn, I turned to Quinn and I was like, so you're telling me that we're taking this already like annoying Josh Matthews in 2004 right. and like 15 years later almost you're putting him on TNA and you're adding like years of bitterness to his already yeah. unlikability, right? And on top of that, just to piss you off more as like, you know, like when something like this happens on TV, you get pissed. Yeah. Some guy marries like a hot girl and you're like, what a jerk, right? <laughs> yeah. He gets to marry Madison Rain. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny. like, what a... <laughs> Oh, he's, this guy sucks. Maybe he's a good guy in real life, but as a, he's so bitter, he a, doesn't seem like it. As a wrestling announcer, yeah. he's awful. So Demott says, "Big Bubba Dudley," <laughs> which is a very gross understatement, or maybe it's just gross. I'm not sure. Spike interferes. Get a commercial. Bodies yep. have been broken. How do you learn? 
to fall off a 20 foot ladder. Trainers, EMTs, referees, down. I think I broke my tailbone. I, I, I broke my spinal column that collapsed into my asshole region. I don't know. It's like, it's some like elaborate. Remember shit. that one? Yeah. Yep. Don't try this at home. We're back as uh, the very slim Dudley, Devon, beats up Nunzio. Yeah. Nunzio with a crucifix, but Devon with a clothesline. Dosh Matthews says that he folded Nunzio like an Italian accordion. What? Just an is accordion. There, uh, there, we don't need the differentiation. No. There. He should have said he squashed him like a Napoleon. I don't uh, know. Like, think of something else. Napoleon? He's French. No, the pastry. Re- oh, okay. Sorry. You think I don't know what I'm talking about? I understand. It's very but, delicious. It's a layered, flaky... I just think Napoleon as French. Yes, Napoleon is... Could, could be here. <laughs> so the big tubby guy comes in with a slingshot suplex, and Josh Matthews says shades of Tully Blanchard... Because evening shades, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Josh also tells us that Heidenreich isn't here tonight. Good. So the announcers bicker about like Heidenreich attacking the fans. I couldn't believe what Heidenreich did to those poor, innocent fans. Fans, Bill, they're not competitors. They're fans. Please tell me that you don't see things the way Heidenreich does. They must have said something oh, come on! to set Heidenreich off. I got to say... <laughs> The announcers are intolerable here. Like they're really dragging <laughs> this show down. It's a shame because this is not even bad. This match is fine. I Listen, you're giving Bubba all this shit, but he's not bad. He's great in this match as a wrestler. He's great as, in size, too. A, <laughs> listen, Joe, can you admit at the very least him and Devon are wrestling like perfectly okay? Like They're entertaining. Yes, Bubba they're, and Devon are a great six-man team, Quinn. Stop it! <laughs> So Chunky Dudley here gets ah. tossed off the top rope by Johnny, who then press slams Devon because he can't press slam Bubba. Nunzio tags in and sends Jenny Craig there to the outside. Spike tries to interfere. Johnny with a sidewalk slam for two on Devon. Spike distracts again, allowing Devon, Devon and his large ship here Come to on! do the 3D for the win. He's, He's like maybe... 10 pounds more than he usually this is. This guy proves that black is not always slimming because he's, Come on. he's dressed like Viscera. No, he is. He is. Don't he actually his is. garb, okay? He's got the <sighs> usual Dudley shirt on. No, he does. He's got a black shirt no, on. on the back, it has the logo. You Who didn't cares? see that? Their camo is so much better than this shit. Uh. Anyway, in all honesty, all the uh, weight jokes aside, far aside so they don't tip anything over, <sighs> the match was fine. Like, yeah. if we were doing star ratings, I was I don't, trying it's to like, say to you, it's like three ish. Three, two, yeah. and three quarter. Which it was is fine. It's great for a velocity man. Yeah, event. it was great. Like, the, even Johnny Stromboli or whatever, yeah. or Swinger <laughs> or whatever his name is, he was good. He was fine. He was. He was everything was good in the actual match. Right. Seriously, yeah. in all seriousness. The worst part of this match and the entire show. Josh Matthews and Bill DeMott. Thank God they clipped us to matches on SmackDown, yeah. but not them commentating. Because also, like, DeMott sounds like he's imitation Taz the whole show. Right. He's Taz baby edition. He's Taz, Taz Jr. Yeah, he's Taz Jr. So basically, the announcers say, like, next week, Velocity and SmackDown are from Manchester, UK. So crikey. I love that they act like they care enough to say Velocity is from somewhere. Well, it is, Quinn. But, no, because my point is these B shows later on, they didn't give a no, fuck. No, they're not they're anywhere. Like, they're not. They're <laughs> They're, They're just in, in a capsule, some you know? town yeah. USA. <laughs> you know, overall, Quinn, I would say that was a above average show. Yeah, I had no problem with that. It was, it was in pretty all seriousness. Decent. And to me, 
I was so glad because we didn't know going in, right? I was so glad that Velocity lived up to like my hype all these years that I used to yeah. tell you. Like, I was yep. like, Velocity was good. Yeah. There was a period for like two to three years mm-hmm. where this was like an actual solid B show yeah. that was fun to watch at like 10, 11 o'clock at night yes. on a Saturday. I totally agree yeah. with you. This was enjoyable. It was well paced. Right. There was no dead spots. The, uh, the SmackDown clips were, you know, besides the JBL Hardcore Holly, it was good to see some stuff that was going on on SmackDown. Yeah. If you weren't in high school at the time and doing other things, right? And because I would tell you about this show back then, but I obviously I was more of a a homebody kind of guy. But you were more like out there and Had a stuff, band. Right? Yeah, you were like you had like a band of stuff. But if you were home on a Saturday night in high school, and I was like, you really got to watch this. Well, I was telling you on the bus every week. Would you like have watched this? Yeah, I would have like, given it a enjoy, Enjoyed it. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I really do think I would have enjoyed it. And the folks, I hope you have enjoyed another episode of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being here for episode number 89. Next week, Quinn, it's finale time, number 90. Yeah. 90 what is well. going to happen? We are getting to the 90s, Quinn. Very interesting here on this Retro Wrestling Podcast. But until that time, please be sure to reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook. Join the group. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to donate, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But we will be back next week for our season finale. Until that time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Okay, here are the relations on Evening Shade. Okay, you got Coach Wood Newton, ex-quarterback, married to child bride Ava Evans, daughter of Evan Evans, who's friendly with the lovely Fontana Beausoleil. Enough said about her. Evans' sister is Frida, former nutcase. She hates everybody, especially Herman Stiles, but they're housemates. And Herman's sweet on Principal Margaret Fouch. Then there's Harlan Eldridge, the redneck doctor, and his wife Merlene, who's barely a resident of this planet. Okay, got it? You know the players. Now watch the plays on Evening Shade. Weeknights at 6 and 6.30 on the Family Channel.